2: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
3: on 101 ESPN Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
2: Guess what day it is
4: morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Happy St. Paddy's Day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. How are you kids doing this morning? Happy St. Paddy's Day to you.
5: Happy St. Paddy's To Patrick both Pat. of you. You're, You're so wonderful. celebratory this morning. <laughs> you, you are very celebratory. You have on your green Ireland sweatshirt and your green... Uh, Budweiser. At Budweiser. Yep. Wow. Hat, you are uh, you're in the mood, <laughs> I'm sir. a fake Irishman today. You know it. I
6: walked in, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's happening today. Because, you know, it was the worst feeling, especially in elementary school, when you forgot it was St. Patrick's Day yeah. and then you saw all the green yeah. and you're like, oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> right. I forgot. I'm going to get yeah. pinched uh, so many times <laughs> today.
4: You got a whole day now. You can change things up a little bit. Because in
6: elementary school, they're ruthless oh, about yeah. it too.
4: Yeah, right. It's, it's almost like they're saying, oh, you just don't care about the Irish? It's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> pretty, pretty rough. rough. Uh,
5: CD, sorry about your alignment. <laughs> you know, Randy... We work hard, we try hard, and sometimes things just don't go our way. And I would say that that is the case for the uh, the old fight in the line-eye last night, yesterday afternoon. Just, just not enough. Didn't get enough done. Well, here's the way I look at it. You finished in the best 68. No, well, I don't. I don't. I don't know if that's a, a prize. mean right? the tournament is a good thing. Yeah, no, I, not for yeah, you guys probably. Yeah, but I, I mean, for me, for some people, yeah, yeah. you know. But for the line we we would expect to have, you know. Some type of success. It's been it's been kind of bad the last few years, Randy. I'm not gonna lie. These last three years, the expectation from two years ago were uh, really high. Mm-hmm. Got knocked out. Um, that and, was Loyola. Yeah, and and last year it was Houston, I believe, mm-hmm. um, in the second round. And this year you don't even make it to the second round. Last year and the year before we were expected to go. You know, have a pretty decent run. And, well. and this year. Ah, I don't know re- what's going on here. Cry me a river as yeah. a Mizzou fan. First
4: NCAA <laughs> tournament win in 13 years, 4,700 days.
3: Matthew uh, Rocchio
4: is so fired up. He, didn't, he, he He's wearing black he's, today in honor of the black and gold. He, a he took a green sweatshirt off. took off a green sweatshirt to oh, okay. the black because yes,
7: it was a huge win for the Tigers. Absolutely incredible. And now uh, the path a little bit easier, too. No, it's not. Princeton, easy, does
5: Princeton do still do all the backdoor cuts oh, like yeah. they Is that is that still their motto? One of the game winning plays. <laughs> at the
7: end of the game was the most Princeton cut I've ever seen in my entire life. Was
5: in trouble. How how do you how do you how, how do you not how are you not defending that Arizona? What's going on here? What's yeah. them? I don't know.
4: Maybe Arizona knew that I had them in my bracket going a long way. And they just said, the hell with it, I'm out of here. Hey, Randy's got got us. Let's yeah. just screw him.
6: <laughs> well, I don't think you were the only one. It was how many brackets were busted? 69%. Oh, okay. That, yeah.
5: that along with Furman, who picked who the yeah, I didn't Furman see that picking coming uh, uh beating the Virginia Cavaliers. I don't yeah. think anyone had that. The what are they, the paladins?
3: What is a I think paladin?
5: So. You know what a paladin is. What's a paladin? 314 399 9646 If P-A-L-A, you can tell us paladin, any Furman paladins out there, yeah. please text in and
4: let us know what that is. I think there's a St. Louis based company called the Furminator, which if it's a dog there, brush. Yes,
6: we have one.
4: We have one too. And yeah. it takes the undercoat out. If you brush really? your dog with it, it really does a great job of removing the undercoat for long haired dogs. Hmm. Mm. Furminator. Interesting f u r m a n a t o r dot com. It's great. <laughs> so yesterday, second half, Mizzou uh, and Demoy Hodge. And by the way, Kobe Brown went nuts. We'll talk about him in a moment. But Demoy Hodge also had a strong second half. Honored. got fell down defensively.
2: That's a lot of open Three ball time, and it's timeout time for the Aggies.
4: Time timeout time for the Aggies uh, and the broadcast from underwater <laughs> the uh, broadcast from underwater
8: <laughs> yeah.
4: uh, Kobe Brown 3 3-pointers in a span of just over 3 minutes a 13-2 run that turned a 2-point deficit into a 62-53 lead that's the basket we just heard and Mizzou rolls by a score of 72-65 to head coach Dennis Gates this was a close game for a long time before Mizzou pulled away
9: well, I'm extremely proud of our uh, ball team. I think we did a tremendous job in our preparation, scouting report, but also research ever since we found out that we would, we would be playing Utah State. I think our studying uh, behind the scenes from the staff, uh, our coaches, but also our players played a part in our performance. Uh, there's one thing in life that you sometimes have to be prepared for, and that's the un- predictable, and nobody in the country, nobody in the basketball world expected, uh, first of all, us to be here, and secondly, for Utah State to go 0 for 11 in the first half or shoot the, or make the amount of threes that they made. The only people that believed that we could do what we did was the guys in our locker room uh, and obviously our crowd, our, our, our fan base, those that have been by our side from day one. Uh, I'm extremely proud of the results, uh, not complacent. At all, by any stretch of the imagination. And our job is to be prepared to study our next opponent. Come on, coach.
4: I've got a sheet of paper right here. We did locks yesterday, locks
9: that we going to win yesterday.
5: I've got Mizzou beating Utah State as a guaranteed victory right here. I did too, and I'm I'm not necessarily a Mizzou fan, so no. it was more than just the, the 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 players in the locker room and the yeah. fans in the arena and, and fans around the country. It's, it's a few other people yeah. bedding, had betting uh, things about, on like their mind. The NCAA tournament committee that had them
4: seated higher. There you go.
6: Well, to be fair though, NCAA March Madness tweeted out. Missouri's win leaves us with 6.66 of brackets still perfect. So that means not a lot of people were expecting them to move on. But I did tell you guys yesterday, Des Moines Hodge was going to be the star in this tournament if they were going to continue to move on. Mm -hmm. And he had 23 points, four rebounds, and four steals.
4: He, was he is terrific. a
6: menace on the floor. Yeah, he really is. He's and he's problem. fun to watch, too.
4: Yeah, he's great. And as we mentioned, Kobe Brown had the 19, especially in the second half. Coach?
9: I think our, our philosophy is not blinking. We didn't blink no matter what the crowd noise was, uh, no matter what the response or the difficulty in the plays that Utah State made. They're a good team. They were supposed to go on the run. But we're a good team as well, and we were supposed to respond. And our guys stepped up and responded. Uh, Kobe Brown he he was uh, I want to believe he hit 12 points out of the 20 and then Demoy Hodge I think hit the next eight Uh, so the big picture is this our team is is balanced and I'm proud of the way we respond in adverse situations
4: and now according to our information on our rundown Mizzou will not face 15 seeded Princeton following their upset of, uh, of number two Arizona. Mizzou will not face number 15 Princeton. I don't know why the rules have changed here, Kerry, uh, Brooke, but the, the rules evidently, according to our information, uh, the, the, the information uh, is different
5: now. Uh, and- <laughs> but they will. On- Sometimes autocorrect gets me, all right? Monday. <laughs> what is it? Sunday, right? Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, Saturday. Tomorrow, Saturday. I don't know. Where, yeah. I don't even know what today is. They will now
4: face number 15, Princeton. Go. Okay, so there's a meetup. That's what we used to call it when Brad Barnes would do that, a meetup. <laughs> Uh, Illinois falls to Arkansas, 73-63. We don't, don't even want to talk We've about that. We've talked it. about that enough. Yeah. No, let's about, no, let's talk about it. Let's not. Uh, Princeton <laughs> did beat Arizona. Princeton will provide a problem for Mizzou simply because they slow things down, and they'll get Mizzou out of their tempo tomorrow. Mizzou has to be prepared to be frustrated and get comfortable being uncomfortable.
6: Well, and that's, that's my concern is if you can get Kobe Brown out of a rhythm as well, it seems like as... Kobe Brown does well, Mizzou does well when he does it, Mizzou doesn't do well at all, so there's been several times a season where you have been able to see that, so Princeton has that tape I'm sure that's my big concern is throwing him off.
4: Yeah, I'm You've got to have your best players be your best players at this time of year.
5: Yeah, I felt going into this tournament, Mizzou was a Sweet 16 team just based on how they played, Um, you know, the up-and-down style, the ability to make shots. It's just if they're not making shots, they struggle. And and Coach Gates talked about it. Nobody thought that Utah State would go 0-for-11 to start the game. Like, those things, sometimes those things work in your favor and you're able to hit shots and the other team isn't. It's going to be a game of runs, and if Mizzou can hit their shots and and prevent – Princeton, from you know doing that Princeton cut, that backdoor cut, and getting beat often for layups, they have an opportunity. Today's
4: action starts at 11:15 this morning. USC and Michigan, and you can catch all the action at Max in Alton. First round action of the NCAA tournament throughout the course of the day. And 101 ESPN is getting in on the madness with live broadcast at Max Downtown Alton. The BK and Ferrario program from 11 to 2. Fastlane from 2 to 6. Enjoy delicious food, the coldest beer, plenty of screens to watch all the first round madness and more. Plus, we'll have your chance to score a pair of tickets to Metallica at the Dome on Sunday, November 5th. BK and Ferrario and the Fastlane both live on today's slate for the tournament at Max Downtown Alton. The Blues are at Washington tonight. Five, Washington tonight, five o'clock pregame, six o'clock puck drop, and the Blues and the the Capitals are kind of like after having won cups in back-to-back years. Washington in eighteen, the Blues in nineteen. Uh, they're kind of in similar situations now. Washington is. Uh, right now on the outside looking in from the playoffs they're uh five points back so they probably aren't going to make the playoffs two teams that are in very similar situations now
6: are we going to talk about the elephant in the room that Bennington will Oh yeah, not suspended be. for
4: two games he is Joel <laughs> Hofer called up let's get Thomas Grice in there
6: he's just being a full team player because you know this just gets them one step closer mm-hmm. to <laughs> yeah. a higher you. and,
5: and- Thomas Grice has a uh, a contract incentive, I believe. If he gets yeah, a certain number of starts, starts, 20 starts, he and gets $250,000. This player. is a man <laughs> of the people. While, <laughs> while everyone is upset, <laughs> Jordan Bennington is thinking he's like light five years steps. ahead. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's well ahead <laughs> of the game. Sunday, you've got the
4: Blues here against Winnipeg. The Blues did call up Joel Hofer under emergency conditions. He's had... Two great years for Springfield. I wonder if in part because of that bonus, if we see Joel Hofer this weekend in one of the games.
5: I hope not. You know, I hope you do the right thing. You you you, you give I know it's money. I, I've I've had teammates who have been right there i mean like eight yards away from uh from a oh, bonus yeah. and oh yeah we're gonna sit you down we got the playoffs next week i just want to lose gonna, the game no, i not. don't care <laughs> <laughs> who, who play whomever but just lose the game
6: yeah well, yeah. yeah i don't think you have a
5: problem there randy
6: <laughs> <laughs> maybe just give, give him a chance i would at least like to see him maybe joel hofer that is mm-hmm. just give him one shot yeah. but on, at the same time their money. losing yeah, benefits definitely right yeah. now. yes.
4: Yeah, it, Make it a team game and let's get a, uh, a team loss. The Patriots have signed ex-Dolphins tight end Mike Gusecki. So uh, he's headed towards a lot of defeat here in the near future. Congratulations. <laughs> I hope he got a lot of money out of it. And Michael Jordan getting ready to sell the Hornets to one of his that? minority investors. How about that? Bought for 275 probably get a billion out of it. Wow. This man has made a lot of money making a lot of very good decisions. Good investments, yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Good so him. we'll uh, watch that as that unfolds. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got a new thing for you. It's called Stand By It. We want you to have a take, but you need to stand by it. And we're going to tell you all about it next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're
2: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
3: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: All right, we were sitting here in the studio during a break a couple of uh, days ago. Missing on? It is. It is. It is.
5: It is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And we learned uh,
5: yesterday that Rock is a worrywart. We yeah. we kind of knew that, but oh. anything we kind of well, knew that, Karen. <laughs> we, we, he, he worries a lot, so we're we're gonna we're gonna take our time and just. Smooth things out and smooth <laughs> things over, and it's gonna be a show that is just not gonna have any any bumps in the road here, Rock. Not at <laughs> all. You did a great job. We're good to go. Yep.
4: So uh, the Brookster came up with an idea for us though the other day, and I, I love the idea. So Brooke, explain to the vast listening audience what your thought process is here.
6: Okay. So the segment is stand by it. Everybody has their sports take that they will just die on that hill, right? Where mm-hmm. you're not going to budge. Your reasons why can mean many different things. You can put stats in there. You could just put feelings, thoughts, what you observed. But it's a take that you stand by. It could be Cardinals, Blues, Mizzou, anything sports-related. But you're willing to die on that hill of that one.
4: Okay. I've got one, actually. And we had a whiteboard in the studio before throughout last season yeah that contained my prediction for Jack Flaherty. Mm -hmm. And I said that Jack would win 16 games and have an earned run average in the twos, I think 2.83. I'm going back to that well. Jack Flaherty in 2023 is going to win 16 games, 16-4 and with a 2.83 earned run average, and he is going to be the number one starter for a playoff team. And I'm going to stand by that. I guess. Okay. I
7: guess part of this would be if, if you if you have a take and you got to stand by it, uh, somebody has to present to you something that you know you got to argue against. Mm-hmm. He just had a pretty bad start in spring training. Randy four and a four and a third innings pitched, uh, seven hits, two earned runs, three runs total. A lot of home run again. Walked a couple players. Didn't look that dominant. The velocity not that troubling, but still not exactly where you want to see it. Why after uh, a shaky spring are you still? Going with Jack Flaherty having that kind of year.
4: I remember Paul DeYoung hitting five hundred last spring. I don't recall him hitting five hundred during the season. <laughs> Is that what we call touche? <laughs> <laughs> nice
6: touch. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> Interesting. You say I see what you presented, but yeah. I have this. Jack Flaherty. Wait, I mean, if you, if Flaherty. On, on St.
4: Patrick's Day, one yeah. of the all-time great yeah. Irish. If the, guy, athletes. If the guy's
7: going to stand by you, know, you got to kick. You got to kick at the stool a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's all
4: I'm saying. Could you have a more Irish name than Jack Flaherty? There you go. Flaherty. <laughs> all right. So Brooke, what? what okay. do
6: you Okay. I'll, I'll go ahead next. Now. Maybe I'm just feeling really good after saying that Des Moines Hodge would be the star and the X Factor for Mizzou yesterday. And then seeing them with that win, I am going to stand by the fact that Mizzou is going to make it to the Sweet 16. I did say that yesterday. And I'm going to add something to it a little bit. Final four against Alabama. I think we're we're very focused on Princeton. I'm all in on Dennis Gates being underrated. Moines mm-hmm. Hodge being underrated, Kobe Brown being underrated. I like the story that they have going in this tournament. And you say, okay, that doesn't matter. Look at look at a lot of these teams that have gone on to win, especially the underrated ones. They have great stories. They're underrated. And a lot of people aren't paying attention to them. Honestly, that's a great thing, because then they don't know what to fully expect for you from you going into that game. I'm just saying, that's the take I'm going to stand by. I like I like what Dennis Gates is doing, and he's a fantastic coach.
5: All right. So for me, we have been hearing about this Aaron Rodgers saga since he went into the darkness, and now that he's come out of the darkness, we have been going back and forth. And there are so <laughs> many uh, people, so many analysts, and 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 you know people that are talking about who has the advantage in the in the in the trade potential trade. Is it the Jets? Is it the Packers? Is it Aaron Rodgers? It is actually Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has all of the everything in this situation that you want for him and here's why the New York Jets obviously are in need of a quarterback, so they are looking for one. They've done a very good job, though, mm-hmm. it, it, throughout the last couple of years in their draft. They've done a good job of drafting, finding the right people, putting the right people in places. Two Rookie of the Year's last year, potential another rookie of the, Offensive Rookie of the Year. They got hurt in Brees Hall. So they've done a very good job. They've found starters on the offensive line over the last couple of years in the draft. But they need a quarterback. They drafted one in Zach Wilson. Eh, not gone great. The Packers have a quarterback situation where Jordan Love is in his going into his 4th year has not played enough snaps for anyone to know whether or not he can play. No one really knows. Everyone is still watching, waiting, is he? And and what happens after your 4th year when you're a first round draft pick? You get a 5th year option. If you're good, mm-hmm. if not They send you on the open market and say, have a good day. So the Packers are really handcuffed because they don't know if Jordan Walker, Jordan, Jordan Walker, Jordan Love Mm -hmm. is the guy for the future. The Jets don't know if they have a quarterback of the future. And Aaron Rodgers is sitting here with all the chips. If you trade me, cool, I get to go to the Jets and play there. If you don't, cool, I get to be here and get paid. If you cut me, cool, you got a a cap hit that is going to cost you for this year and next year. So I am the one holding all of the chips. I'm good either way. And guess what? If you cut me, I still go find somewhere else to play if that's what I want to do, or I retire. And if I get traded, I get traded to the place I want to get traded to. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm telling New York Jets, hey, don't stress about trying to give up all of these picks. You all have done a great job in the draft. Draft and make that team better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll be able to get this done later on down the line. And if not, you still got a team full of young guys, New York. You still And you're still a quarterback away. Instead of selling your future for one potential year, you still a quarterback away if you don't get Aaron Rodgers. But you got a lot of draft capital. You've drafted very well over the last couple of years. I would not make a move, and Aaron Rodgers is holding all the chips because Green Bay has to make a decision. They don't want him on the roster, and they don't want to have to pay him. That being said, and you're right, uh, Rodgers does hold all the chips. When he
4: said the other day on the Pat McAfee show that his intention is to play for the Jets, for their fan base— I think he did put some pressure on New York. Yes. You can't you can't sit there if you're the Jets with the back pages saying Aaron Rodgers wants to be here and then not go get him.
5: You can't. But if you're the Jets Randy, let me give you a... Uh, the last last year, they drafted, drafted Softs garden in the first round. Mm-hmm. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Garrett Wilson in the first round. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Brees Hall in the second round. Starting running back would have been the Rookie of the Year offensively. Max Mitchell, who is a starting, uh, starting tackle for them. They drafted... Two years ago, they drafted Elijah Barataka. He's a starting tackle for them. They've done a very good job of drafting and finding guys and making sure that their roster is set and getting the right people in-house. In, in I agree, except you know, for the
4: most important pick.
5: They, they, I did skip that one because they <laughs> did draft Zach Wilson first <laughs> with the first pick, with the second overall pick, and that one didn't hit. But if you are the Jets and you can't get Aaron Rodgers... You still have that there. He's still there. You can find some kind of way to make it work when you have all of that talent around him. I just wouldn't make it happen. I would I would do what I need to do for this year, and I know it's a Sala is probably feeling that clock ticking because you only get a set number of years before you get before you get fired. So I understand that, but I wouldn't trade away so much to get an Aaron Rodgers who. May play one year.
4: By the way, yesterday's New York Post back page has Aaron Rodgers' head photoshopped on a Top Gun airplane like the Tom Cruise guy <laughs> in Top Gun. Aaron Rodgers, I want to be Gang Green's Top Gun. And then oh. the big headline underneath is Jet Set. So, uh, obviously, they're going to have their fun with the, the tabloids are going to have their fun with Aaron Rodgers. They're ready. He's going to wind up there. They'll The teams will come to an agreement because the the... The Packers don't want anything to do with Aaron Rodgers being on their roster. And the Jets don't want anything to do with Aaron Rodgers not being on their roster. So they'll come to a reasonable agreement for a 39-year-old quarterback.
6: Isn't that exciting?
5: I, I, think think cool. it, I think it's cool. I think it's awful.
4: And I read that Joe Namath, by the way, has agreed <laughs> to allow Rodgers to wear number 12. Joe Namath was number 12, his number retired by the Jets. Mm-hmm. So Rodgers can go into New York and wear number 12.
6: Really? Yeah. Is that a part of the deal as well? I don't know if uh, that was part you know, of the deal. Part of his demand list. Or, I oh, I can't say yeah. that. He doesn't like that.
5: That's right. Yeah, yeah. He
6: doesn't like demand lists or a list or wish
5: list. He told Adam Schefter. Lose my number.
4: (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) (laughs)
6: Uh,
4: I got to do one more thing here. I want to see the New York Daily News cover uh, because the the covers of the New York tabloids are always spectacular. And
6: While you're looking for that, I was actually surprised at how few of text messages like Adam Schefter had waiting. (laughs) Because you you would think with him being like the insider that he would have just like, I mean, hundreds of text messages that he hasn't even opened yet, especially with everything going on. I don't know. He
5: he checks his messages often. Yeah, but his phone was on yellow. The 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 battery that was kind of strange, and it looked like it was completely full. <laughs> Low battery mode is eh, I don't know. Isn't it great that these Packer quarterbacks can so much cause so much drama? Remember, I
4: remember when Ed Werder was literally camped out on Brett Favre's front yard.
5: <laughs> I love it. I mean, but I, I think you are seeing it, – it's interesting. If you'd have told us 15 years ago we would be in the same situation with another quarterback from Green Bay potentially going to uh, New York. No, what? No way. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is, is essentially following in the exact same footsteps as Brett Favre in terms of, you know – making it hard for the Packers because he felt slighted because the guys drafted a first-round quarterback. That's what Brett Favre felt. That's what Aaron Rodgers feels. And if I if I were to really – if I were to bet – if I could bet money on it I and, and I could get inside Aaron Rodgers' brain, I would assume that he really wants to call chaos – or what's the word you called yeah. it earlier? Chouse. Like, Chouse. C-H-A-O-S. A-O-S. Chouse. He wants to cause so much chaos for the Green Bay Packers – yeah, you don't have to trade me at New York. Don't give those guys two first round picks. I'm not worth that. Don't give it to them. Now they now they have to keep me on the roster or they decide to cut me, whatever the case may be, it's going to cost them money or it's going to cost them money. It's going to cost them money now or it's going to cost them money in the future trying to figure out what to do with Jordan Love.
4: By the way, the Daily News back covers over the last couple of days have actually been about the Mets. So, uh we don't have Oh, yeah. Uh, well, that uh, was kind of a big story. Yeah. That's tough. Ed, yeah. yeah. Edwin, Edwin Diaz. Is. Yeah, it just ruins the best Diaz. closer <laughs> intro in all of baseball. Maybe all of baseball history.
6: Yeah, really. I'm you know going to miss Tim- the trumpets. Timmy Trumpet
4: up on the, uh, up on the machine?
6: <laughs> I, feel, I feel like they could still maybe just do it in his honor eh. to start the season. I, I don't know. I think if would be good. Just one
4: time? You know, they, they re-signed Adam out of, you know, he's been a closer at the major league level. That's one of the thing about killing a fly with a sledgehammer like they've done mm. is they've got a lot of talent there. <laughs> a lot of people to make up for the loss of a guy like Diaz. Yeah, they
6: do. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, I, at first I thought there was a buzzing noise and I, I didn't know what it was.
4: I love Mr. and Mrs. Met playing their trumpets. Oh, this is spectacular, yeah. Yeah, just go to the YouTube machine that and do Ed, is so cool. Edwin Diaz uh, entrance, yeah.
6: That makes me think of do you think they're still going to do the Ryan Hellsley yes, Hells Bell? A lot of people thought that red. was the
4: best one in baseball right now. I mean, it didn't match Mariano Rivera or anything like that, but painting the stadium red. I thought that was yeah. awesome. And Hellspells. That was cool.
6: really cool.
4: Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting thing, Hell's Bells and, and Ryan Helsley. I don't, know, I don't know if it matches, but it's, it's cool. I'll, I'll take it. Hey, it's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Happy Friday. Happy St. Patty's Day. If you're going out to the uh, parade in Dogtown today, mm-hmm. I know you're going to drink. If you're going there, you're going there to drink. Okay. So take an Uber there. Yes. Don't drive there. Take an Uber there so that you have to get an Uber home mm-hmm. so that you don't hop in your car.
7: And most importantly say. you cannot park there so do not try to Don't drive even, there. Try. even if you're not even if you're not going to partake in libations still just take an uber it's going to make it easier on yeah. everybody
4: thank you very much are you going matthew rocky is such a, a staunchly irish name um, I'm.
7: It? It, de- it depends how early I can get out of here because I actually have a, a
4: extremely close friend who lives
7: in downtown. Oh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that'll be, so it'll it'll be so there. So potentially I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get down there. But I mean, hey, we got we gotta. You know, the parade's pretty early. We get off at of ten. The parade's at like eleven fifteen. People, it's at eleven fifteen. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's an early parade start, and people people get into it. So by the time I'm finished here at like one fifteen, I
4: might be too behind. Hanny <laughs> lived for that parade. <laughs> And he could drink. <laughs> and he and he lived for that parade. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Jay Delsing, our friend, our former PGA Tour pro, the proprietor of Wild Crush in town and country. Jay is next on 101 ESPN. The
8: smartest way to do your homework.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three,
4: four. Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carriker, Opening Drive, 101 ESPN. And if you didn't see, if you win the Masters, the following year, you get to set the menu for before the tournament starts. Scotty Scheffler won the Masters last year, and this is his menu for the 2023 dinner that takes place on April 4th. Cheeseburger sliders served Scotty-style. I don't know what Scotty-style is. You also have firecracker <laughs> shrimp with a sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo. You have tortilla soup with avocado, crispy blue tortilla chips, sour cream, cilantro, and lime. You have Texas ribeye steak or black and red fish. I would guess that if you wanted to get both, you could, but Here's the key. They have family-style mac and cheese, jalapeno creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasoned fries. Plus, for dessert, a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. We go now to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Our buddy Jay Delsing never won the Masters, uh, but should have. I mean, they should have given him a a better opportunity to do so. But uh, Jay, what do you think of that menu? First of all, good morning, and where the hell are you?
5: (laughs) Probably at the airport.
10: I, I am. I'm in the national airport. I'm, I'm headed down to uh, Fairhope, Alabama, to watch my one and three year old grandkids alone. Oh, so whoa, I good need luck you there. Guys to, uh, I know. I need you to light a candle for Thoughts me. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> so,
4: what would be like the the key elements of the Jay Delsing Masters Dinner?
10: Oh my, I, I, Randy, I would have my green jacket on and wouldn't care about the food i'd wear my green jacket everywhere i'd wear it to trader joe's i'd wear it i'd wear it out to get the mail i i I don't know about the food i i uh i think it's i think it's really interesting uh that they let the um the defending champ select the menu and you know they also have to pay for dinner so there's always uh wine selections involved and things like that so it gets pretty it gets pretty interesting
4: I definitely would go with Scotty with the ribeyes. I'd go with the mac and cheese. I'd have some tater tots in there. I would have a shrimp cocktail. I probably wouldn't go with the tortilla soup. And I have a friend that makes spectacular brownies. I'd probably go with the brownies for dessert. So I, I have some ideas. I'd have to flesh it out a little bit, but ribeye would be my centerpiece.
10: What about your carrot cake, man? I'm not making the carrot cake for the (laughs) dinner. I'll make it for
3: somebody else.
4: If, If Tiger wins again and Tiger wants carrot cake, he's got it. I'm making it all.
5: Fair enough. Yep,
10: that'd be really cool. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Jay uh, Tom Hoagie finished top five in the Players Championship last weekend, winning one point four seven five million dollars. And then he tweeted out a picture of himself with his knees right next to the uh, seat in front of him as he was sitting in coach. And Mad Dog <laughs> Russo had a had a just just kind of went in on him. If you made one point four seven five million dollars in a in a Players Championship, are you gonna you gonna splurge a little bit and, and sit first class and not have a uh, analysts rip you on on national tv
10: <clears throat> they can rip me all they want carry if i'm making 1.5 <laughs> <maybe that laughs> week and i'm gonna sit wherever i want after that kind of dough i am my i hate. i am tall and i hate playing travel when i when i don't have any room i'm up front for sure <laughs> <laughs>
5: you don't want that 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 guy or gals pulling their seat back and, and sitting in your lap huh
10: Oh, and and you know you got the little kid that's kicking your your butt, you know, <sighs> behind you. Oh man, I, that's oh, J- I've had that happen way too often. <laughs> Jay, <I'm> making one point <laughs> five million in a week, I'm out of that. Jay, when that
5: when that kid kicks your seat, you just have to turn around and stare at the parent and stare a hole through him, and you don't have to say any words. They know what their kid is doing. Just turn around and look at him, and eventually they'll tell their kid to stop. it, it, it I works. It works
10: pretty much every time. I got that. You have a you have a little more grimacing look here, a little bit, a little bit. I, I agree.
6: I think uh, unless they're gentle parenting parents, then you might not get any results yeah, right. from that. They'll just say, don't do that. Hell no, yes. Yes. Oh my god. Well, Jay, I wanted to ask you about uh, what is going on with the proposal for the new modified golf ball. With I saw with USGA and RNA. Have you heard about that? And even players like Justin Thomas have spoke out against it.
10: Yeah, absolutely. So there's been talk for a long time, guys, about trying to pull back the golf ball because it goes so far. And the biggest reason is it's making a lot of the, the, the best golf courses around the world kind of obsolete. And so what they're trying to do is try to keep those golf courses relevant. And then when you do those guys, it's going to give two sets of rules, one for the average player and one for the tour player. And it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be a nightmare, and it's also taken away from a lot of the athleticism from the players. I mean, the guys are spending all this time in the gym trying to hit the ball as far as they can, and now they're going to try to take that away from them. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
6: So will it be, like, heavier or lighter, or what What are they kind of looking at with that?
10: You know, Brooke, I don't know the details on how they how they do the tech. But I can tell you that it's it's just amazing because there was no way that they were going to be able to a golf ball that would fly like it does today because it has all of the characteristics of the softball, the ball that we played, except it flies like a rocket. And so it, a lot of it has to do with the cover. A lot of it has to do with the, um, the characteristics of the cover and the size of the core. And so there's, there's scientists. That, because there's so much money involved, guys – because of Tiger Woods and because of what he's done to the game and done for the game, that there's so much R and D and so much these golf ball companies are spending millions and millions of dollars trying to figure out a better, you know, a better product. And this is, I, I mean, it's almost going to be hard to imagine that there's not going to be lawsuits over this, two guys, because the, the the ball manufacturers are going to they're going to hate it.
6: Well, and even, too, I mean, you know, any little small tweak I feel like could just completely throw off your game.
10: Well, right. How are you going to – so now you're going to have to readjust everything, right? So now it's your 7-iron. And it's never universal, Brooke. It's never like everything is going to go 5% shorter. It's not, That's just not how it works. Everybody launches the ball at different angles. They also hit their irons different. It's, it's going to be different for everybody. And, listen, these guys don't like anybody messing with – you know, they're a good thing. They're, they're making a boatload of money, and they've got their stuff pretty well dialed in, and now they're going to have to go to the drawing board, so to speak. Jay,
4: what do you have coming up on the show on Sunday?
10: I've got Terry Grosch, uh, who's been a longtime uh, friend and, and great uh, teacher here in the St. Louis area. He's a master uh, PGA professional, which is old. there's only about 350 of those guys around. Uh, in the country. So I get to the, the chat a little bit with Terry, and um, we're wrapping up our our series on, on the teachers from in the, in the, around the area. And
4: when you have these two children, you're babysitting, a one and a two-year-old, are you going to discipline them at all, or do they get to do pretty much whatever they want, even at that age?
10: <laughs> well, so so as you know, Randy, because I listened to your Ask Uncle Randy advice, and it's right. I love what like <laughs> you said, but there's going to be a sliding scale here, you know, in, in terms of what my patience looks like. The first couple of days, it's going to be bedlam. As Grandpa gets tired and connected off the floor, uh, things will change dramatically. And we'll all be going to bed at about 4.30 in the afternoon.
4: Do they have the little plastic <laughs> golf clubs already?
10: Oh yeah, we're going out in the yard. We'll be swinging. There'll be ball. There'll be footballs, basketballs. There'll be all sorts of stuff out there. We're going to be. I'm going to be doing everything I can to tire them out and to, to get their hands on the club and swing and maybe hit each other. You know, you know how
3: Jay.
4: That's as good as it gets. Have a great weekend. It'll be unforgettable for you. Always good to have you with us on the show. Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day. That's our friend Jay Delsing, and he is going to have some weekend, a one and a two. There's a little Ooh, energy there. lot Ooh. Ooh. lot. Yep. Not so, a, yeah. yeah, but you just, you know, if you're the grandparent, though, you just let it go. Let them do what they yep. want to do. Be as patient as you can possibly. As much be. sugar they can handle. Yep. yep. <laughs> and take them and home to their parents and say, hey, yeah, here you go.
5: <laughs> We're returning. They're, they're back.
4: <laughs> yep. Hey, coming up, get your text into the air comfort service text line 314 399 9646. That's 314 399. Yo ho. We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're
2: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want
0: to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your
2: text in to 314-399-9646 and give us your
3: Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer.
0: Take it or leave it.
4: Our text line is open 314-399-9646 That's 314-399-YOHO If you use the letters on your phone With Matthew Rocchio And Brooke Grimsley And Carrie Davis I'm Randy Carrick Time for taking It or Leave It In Guys Do you ever get Email like phishing spam emails from <laughs> fake companies. Does that ever happen to you guys? Yes. A lot. I got one this morning from what was purported to be Wells Fargo, but it's spelled urgent alert from Wells F A G R O. Take
5: it or leave it, if you're going to be a criminal, at least spell things right. Oh tell you. At least. And that's the least you can do. Ready? I don't know. Sometimes I have a lot of time, and when you get those scam likely calls, I just go, I just, I'll call back and answer like, oh, my God, what do I need to do? You need my social security number yes you you need to pay right now oh my god do do i do i do it right now okay are you writing it down nine one one stop calling me man and then they hang up and then i just keep calling back hey you know you're going to go to jail right if you keep playing people's phones and scamming people you're going to end up in jail eventually somebody's going to catch you you're going to be there and you're going to be there with a lot of people that don't like people that do scams yeah
4: you know what i do with scam likelies and Sometimes scam likelies are actually real people, I found out. Huh? But I answer <laughs> they and say, are. I say, hey, what up, scam? <laughs>
5: Sometimes it's a dentist. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, Randy, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, uh, one coach, Dennis Gates, came on our show. And um, he mm-hmm. a great man, great coach, a lot of energy. We really enjoyed uh, him having him on the couple of times we've some had him more on. more than others. Yeah, some more than us. Um, there was a, a, a saying that he had... M- bullied me into saying, and there's a texter here on the 573 that is trying to push me and urge me into saying it starts with an M-I-Z. Take it or leave it. I'll never say those last three letters again. I'm going to leave it. Leave it? Oh! I'm going to
2: take
4: it. You've got a daughter there. I do. You have a team that's going to be in the final four. Good for the them. The state is going to be buzzing. You awesome. have a
7: wardrobe that's half black and gold already? Yep. Uh,
5: yeah. it's And, and none of it is Missouri. You're going to give us a ZOU at some point. Nah, if they win a national championship, how about that?
11: There <laughs> <laughs> you go. I, maybe. Did, did Drink
5: try with you guys? Did Drink, drink try to pull that off? Oh, no. Nah, nah, nah. Okay. Drink is drink is cool. Gage, like, just tried, Gage cool. tried to get him a second time. That was, he did. That was my favorite I, and part. And I told him, nah, you got me one, sir. Next, next time we have Eli um, on, yeah, I'm going to work on that. Yeah, well, it's not going to happen. <laughs>
6: I'm going to take it, too, because also I feel like we should make a bet. If Mizzou makes it to the Final Four, mm-hmm. then you have to do it. Uh,
5: you have if to. they Final win four. the national championship. How about that? They've never done it in their Gary, history, so I think I'm safe. Gary, I, I, <laughs> Gary, you know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> you know, as I point to my left shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it does happen, I guess. It, it can It can happen, I guess. You're right.
6: At least Final Four. What are you afraid of with the Final Four?
5: Uh, anything can happen, Brooke. I mean, exactly. they could go on a run. They could win a national championship. Mm-hmm. They're still in it. Illinois has zero chance to win a national championship <laughs> sure. this year. Yeah. So, you know, Mizzou has a much better opportunity than we did,
0: than we do.
6: (laughs) All right. Take it or leave it. I'm going to go St. Louis City SC, which you guys can't see, but I'm sporting my City SC hat that I got from the home opener. I'm going to say, take it or leave it, City SC will go 4-0. They're facing the San Jose Earthquakes. Now, the Earthquakes are coming off of a shutout win against the Colorado Rapids, but Get this, San, o- San Jose is not great on the road, especially last season. They went one eleven and five on the road overall in twenty twenty two.
5: I'm gonna take it four zero. Yep, I'll take it as well. I think City is uh they're doing an awesome job, and so they're gonna continue proving everyone that picked them last or second to last yeah. wrong. Yeah,
7: I'll, I'll take that. They don't have Blom again, which is gonna be problematic, but I'll take it. They're too, it, in Jolo Blom, oh yeah, they're very important mm. uh,
4: defensive midfielder is injured still, oh, yes, no. which is a bummer. That is, just saying, they just play a team, good solid team game, eh? Play play within the system, you know, play good, good North North game. Why are you talking like a Canadian?
7: <laughs> <Basically> <laughs> on the, the on the thing. pitch, <laughs> basically the same. Just <laughs> saying, like, I mean, they got the queen on their money, so I guess it counts. Yeah. Uh, right, uh, what do we got on the old text line? Take it or leave it. The Cardinals outfield as a group hits about 260 with 100 home runs, 200 RBI, and 75 stolen
4: bases. 75 stolen bases might be a stretch. 100 home runs, no. 30,
5: 60? No. Ooh, no, not 100. No. But you know what? They might hit 85. As a, as a group, that's including however many there are. Like, yep. Is that, does so does that count? So Walker hits 20.
4: O'Neal hits 30. Carlson. Carlson hits 15. 15. Uh, New 15 12, 20.
7: to 15. Yeah, we'll count you. We'll count uh, your numbers. Okay, okay. Even it's gonna be mostly DH. Okay. Well,
4: uh, yeah, I, I, I could see still yeah, four or five guys. Yeah, yeah,
5: four or five guys somewhere between 15 to 20. Yeah. Take it or leave it. The Missouri Tigers and
7: the Battlehawks both win their games by eight or more points by eight or more. That's Battle very Hawks specific.
5: Do not. I'm going to leave that. The Battle Hawks lost last time they played the D.C. Defenders.
4: And they're an underdog. A two-point underdog yeah. according to FanDuel Sportsbook uh, for tomorrow yeah. night's contest. You gotta leave it. Yeah.
6: I'm gonna leave that too. We have tickets available, by the way. Are, are there
4: tickets available tomorrow night for the the Battlehawks? Uh, we, yes, we, there are right? tickets
7: available for the Battlehawks, and also, um, surprisingly, um, uh, uh, some tickets are opening up uh, for the city game as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. wow. look at that. The, uh, the again, the price difference is a lot. Is is uh, if you want to see it, you want to see it. This is called supply and demand. Hey, this is called business. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, so you know, if, if, if tickets are out there, ladies and gentlemen, take it or leave it. Perron gets the biggest ovation for a returning athletes since Albert Pujols.
5: Um.
6: It's a little different, but nothing gets Perron. But I just, I, I think, think I'll that'll take be it different.
5: <laughs> at, at the biggest sense, since Albert. So Pro, Albert was 2018.
4: Freeze was before that. Albert was. It just that was ongoing. Yeah, it, it for the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, it, <retired. laughs> it was. Yeah, but it also was. from a singular standpoint that yeah he'll he'll get a greater ovation than Sonny did the other night. He'll get a. Greater ovation than uh, Zbigniew Maholik when he came back. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to take that.
6: You know, yeah. I'm going to take it too because now that I think about it, for some reason I was thinking like they were comparing it to Albert Pohlholz, but yeah. now sense. that I've clear, yeah. yes, I yeah. yeah, I feel like fans love David Prad. He's having a pretty good season too with the yeah, Red Wings as is. well. So yeah,
4: when we had Zbigniew Maholik, I would sit in the stands because I went to I, I had a ticket package plan then they actually literally eliminated my seats to make a luxury air but i would sit in my seats and i would yell because it was just such a cool name for those two months that he was here
7: you eliminated your seats
4: they literally took my seats out yeah i was yeah. in section 121 and in the very top row right below the restaurant uh i mean last seat up uh, right on the end yeah, and those are gone now. <laughs> They're literally, <laughs> literally gone. Wow. Take it or leave it. Josh McDaniels doesn't finish the season as Raiders head coach. Leave it. And here's why. He's making a lot of money, and so is John Gruden. And Mark Davis is not going to spend that much money. Mark Davis is still not cash rich. He's not going to spend that much money to have three coaches, two of whom are not coaching for him.
5: Yeah. I, I mean, some of the decisions, though, if they, if they you know – Stink it up. 5 and 12. I mean,
4: you know what you're getting into when you hire Josh McDaniels. I guess so. Uh, and they gave him a five year deal for big, big money. Yeah. So yeah, they're screwed. <laughs> they should have kept Rich Passaccia. He wouldn't have cost anything. They went to the playoffs. Uh, you know? It's, yeah. he, hey, not a fan of Rich either. B- but Rich Passaccia <laughs> or Josh McDaniels?
7: Neither. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, take it, leave with them hogs broke Mr. Davis's heart yesterday. Thank it. No. it,
4: thanks I for thought, the reminder. I thought when their coaching staff got into the big fight that uh, they were on the court, like at the end of a game on the court, their their coaching staff is screaming at each other. I thought that would be such a distraction
5: <laughs> that Arkansas wouldn't be coaches able to argue. Come back to have, you, have
6: you not seen Eric Musselman? The, I mean, yeah, he is a he's child. a
5: fiery dude. Coaches coaches yeah. do argue. Coaches have uh, disagreements on the sideline and. <laughs> Uh, punched through whiteboards at times, so I've heard. Has that happen? Oh, oh yeah.
7: Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Where'd oh, you see that happen? Right,
5: at Eureka a few years ago. Legitimately, <laughs> 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 you legitimately carry. when
7: two minutes left, it was a five-point game, and it was either Hawkins or Shannon got stripped as they're trying it to Hawkins. cut through the defense in the middle, and then it immediately fell apart in the last two minutes after that.
5: I legitimately felt terrible for you in that yeah, moment. It, I mean, you know, they were a— uh, I thought they had a chance. They had they, fallen apart at the seams. So, Honestly, when it,
4: you guys aren't old enough to remember this, but back in the day, uh, Brooks, Tennessee Titans were known as the Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. And in their last season in Houston, Buddy Ryan was their defensive coordinator, and Kevin Gilbride Buddy. was their <laughs> offensive coordinator. <laughs> Kevin Gilbride ran the run and shoot, man. They just <sighs> up and down the field. And obviously, Buddy ran defense. There was one point where on a Monday night football game, Buddy Ryan went over to cut Kevin Gilbride and punched him out.
5: <laughs> punched him right in the face. <laughs> it happens, man. Hey. He was probably telling me, hey, stop, stop running, running. that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it run was. Run the ball. Yeah. Eat up some it's, clock. Well,
4: Buddy was, it was a run and shoot offense, and Buddy called it the chuck and duck.
7: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that is Teoli, yes. Oh, yeah, that's it.
7: I, I've, I remember watching teams where the offense would just put yeah. the, just completely screw the defense over, and I had a feeling if that ever happened, the defense quarter, like, Buddy, you are ruining me right now. Slow it down. <laughs> if you don't like it, play
4: better. True. Yep. Uh, that is Tioli on 101 ESPN. Coming up, today's fresh take. We've got our new teams both in action this weekend. Brooke Estes, is C- St. Louis City SC going to win? We'll have a little bit of an update for you on both SC and the Battle Hawks next on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
2: a fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take.
3: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
12: I think at one point it's it's yeah, it's true. Sometimes we are lucky, but uh, I think we work hard to earn that luck. Um, and why are the other guys not lucky or the other teams not lucky? I mean, uh, we work for that luck, and this is how in life goes. Um, I mean, as, as harder you work, as more luck you get. That's
4: St. Louis City SC keeper Roman Berkey, his squad, his side sets to take on the San Jose Earthquakes tomorrow night, 7:30 at City Park. Their earthquakes have won two in a row, knocking off Vancouver and Colorado following a 2-1 loss to Atlanta United on opening day. And uh, St. Louis City SC obviously will play before a big crowd and try to become, Brooke and Carey, the first MLS expansion squad ever to start 4-0. Yeah,
6: I mean, now the reason that Roman Berkey was saying it's not lucky because my question going into that is, I've seen so many articles, I've seen a lot of national people saying, This is just lucky, because I think they look at some of those goals that City SCS scored, and they're like, well, they basically, I mean, how would you not score on that, right? I mean, (laughs) there's a couple of times where Zhao Klaus, he's just pretty much given the ball. A.K.A. Santa. Yes, Santa Santa Claus. Claus. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's their style of play. This is not a magic trick or an illusion that they're pulling off. It's their style of play, and they're capitalizing off of any chances, mistakes that other teams are making so that's why i feel pretty confident and i said in my take it or leave it earlier that they will improve four and no now san jose the earthquakes are coming off a really good game they were able to shut out the colorado rapid rapids but i also looked at their overall record Anytime you beat the colorado rapids <laughs> oh there we go yes because yep. of kronky yep. but i was also looking at last season for him the earthquakes went eight and fifteen overall and one and eleven and five on the road so, to me, that looks pretty good. And the Earthquake scored 52 goals last season, Ooh. while allowing opponents, though, to score 69.
4: Oh, here we go. Okay. We're, see, and that's... What you're talking about, Brooke, is what Lutz always... Preached leading up to the start of this is being aggressive, mm-hmm. being relentless, and getting yourself into position where at least you have an opportunity to take the shot on goal. And I don't think it's lucky either. I I, I really look at this as a product of what the system
5: that Lutz Steele envisioned is doing right now. Yeah, the uh, the the aggression and the effort that they play with it causes people to turn the ball over and make mistakes, and you know <laughs> shoot the shoot the ball or hit the ball into their mm-hmm. own goal. It, it's it's because of the pressure. It's not so much luck. It's not so much you know. Oh, they just got lucky when the ball gets turned over. No, it's it's the amount of pressure that is being applied. And so uh, Roman talked about it. He said, "Hey, we're our guys are working their butts off and they're gas." We had Edward Luvin on a couple of weeks ago. He was talking about you know that second half uh, of the second game, how his whole lower half was cramping, but he had to continue and keep going because he didn't want to let his guys down. And so when you have guys that are working that hard for one another um, and and really buying into the style of play that, that is being taught by the coach and, and by the staff. You generally have a good team and I think that's what City is doing right now. They have a good team because they're playing an attacking style, a pressure style and people are, are, are you know succumbing to it. In football it's like the run game. I, I, I know if you run the ball enough eventually you'll see the defense break. You can pick the play out where they just said enough is enough and that's essentially what, what's happening with City. They're pressuring teams until they break.
6: Now, this is something to watch. I don't know if many people have seen this, but Blom, obviously a really great player for City SC midfielder. He's been called by his native South Africa for two qualifying matches in the Africa Cup of Nations, but he's been dealing with an ongoing illness. He, they said that, you know, he's even been in bed at times, that he's been so sick. But this has really kind of seemingly enraged the team because they're wanting him back. That's
4: South Africa, not yes, us. yeah,
6: They're wanting him back now. Now, Bradley Cardinal has already come out and said that he will not be playing this weekend because he's been sick, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to play out, because even the team in South Africa is saying we might take legal action against City SC with their frustrations.
4: Well, BC has no reason to tell us anything other than the truth, so I'm guessing that uh, the the player is not feeling well, and you know what, if uh, South Africa, deal with it. I mean, just come and get him. That's what I'm saying.
5: (laughs) I don't, know if they, I, don't, don't, I don't And that's and uh, FIFA comes and gets you if you
7: don't allow him to play for his national team. There's literally a rule against it. You have to allow players if they want to to go play for. The what national if he doesn't side. want to?
6: I, I that's not he, how that works. I think he wants to. Yeah, but he's sick.
7: But he's. I mean, there's there's a quote here from 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 a, a, a paper from the other side of the pond that where the coach of the South Africa team is saying that in. Jo- uh, that Blom told him he thinks he has COVID, and he's like, "Well, then take uh, well, free- then take the test for COVID." Mm-hmm. And he's talking, and, and mm-hmm. so now Carnell on the other side will not confirm that because it's against their rules to confirm that. But again, this is a publication from mm-hmm. uh, the other side uh, other side of the world, so that's kind of the weird thing going here. But the bottom line is, he's not going to be playing for City even if he's. Even if he's not, you know, getting called up to South Africa. Okay. And the South Africa matches, by the way, are next week, the 24th and the 25th. They have a back-to-backer against, like you said, well, Liberia. It's a tough
4: one. I'll say this. The Rose is off the blom.
6: Oh. <laughs> no! But if somebody's sick, are you going to make them take a 15-and-a-half-hour flight out there? No. And then also possibly the infect difference. the rest of the team, where yeah. they're not going to be able to play, even in this game?
4: Yeah. I don't know. This, we need uh, Charlize Theron too. In, interject yourself into this situation
6: <laughs> just because
4: who's the other one? Margot Robbie right she's the other South African actress because they're nice people and they, they can figure it out they're logical they can say, say Blom go play for STL City SC also tomorrow night at the Dome at America Center you've got your St. Louis Battle Hawks taking on DC the DC Defenders is that right Or yeah yeah yep. DC United is the MLS team yeah uh, and DC is 4 0. We only have a 10 game season here, kids. So we're almost halfway through. Yeah. Go, Hawks. Uh, oh, Tomorrow ca-caw! night. Tickets still available. And, you know, we're an underdog here. We're a two point underdog. But I think the home field advantage can turn things the way of the Battle Hawks.
5: Yeah, I mean, we talked about how important home field advantage is. When you got fans that are screaming and shouting that loud, uh, it really does help your, your team's defense and the opposing offense. Um, the Battlehawks took a loss to, to the D.C. defenders a couple of weeks ago. Their, their first and only loss in D.C., as you said, is still undefeated. If if the Battlehawks can get the run game going, Brian Hill had 89 yards, get him up over 100, have more success in the passing game, not turn the ball over. McCarron had one bad throw um that I saw last weekend and it ended it resulted in an intercept inter- it resulted in an interception. Yeah it was bad. <laughs> that was down. a bad pick. <laughs> it was a bad pick. Um but overall pretty good game. If we can get him to take care of the football and and not have those mistakes and really run the ball in the manner in which they they did last week, I think you'll have a better game and better success.
6: So I want people to text in because I'm curious. Somebody just sent into the text line just sold my battlehawks tickets mizzou comes first because we're kind of in a little bit of a conundrum so on saturday mizzou plays princeton at 5 10 p.m okay mm-hmm. battle hawks game is at 6 city sc is at 7 30 i'm interested to see how the sports fans in town are going to
5: juggle this you just take your phone and watch the yep. mizzou game on your phone at the Battle Hawks or the City game. Yeah, it's simple. Yeah. You simple and th- process. This person
6: sold their tickets oh, to the Battle Hawks right. game. I mean,
5: if it's uh, a
4: Mizzou person, I get it. What time does
5: Illinois play? Yeah, might be a Mizzou. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey,
4: hey. Well, uh, we got to look at the schedule for next season.
5: Yeah. We're, 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 on, we're on to 24. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to 23, 24, Randy. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just had to do it. I just had to do it. <laughs> Hey, man, so, man, it happens. Okay. We, we stink. And Spice by the, the way,
4: n- uh, I, I just checked in with the Battlehawks. Not many tickets left for tomorrow night's game. So that's great. Really? Uh, we'll have another big crowd for the Battlehawks. Good deal. Good to hear. Uh, that's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. And that is today's Fresh Take Here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, highlight of the week, Joe Vitale joins us on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
3: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
4: We'll have the pregame for you at 5, the action at 6 here on your Home of the Blues 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley is here, Carrie Davis is here, I'm Randy Carricker, and joining us now, as he does every Friday on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, is the one, the only, our favorite, our favorite guest of the week, Joe Vitale. Good morning, sir, how are you doing?
12: Hey, Randy, good morning. Yeah, we're in Washington. We're staying actually in Georgetown. I don't know if you've ever been up here, but I, I tell you what, I walk around and I, I just feel smarter. <laughs>
4: you know, there's such history there, I can understand why in such a place of higher education like Georgetown, uh, you would feel smarter. My son visited Georgetown, and I got to tell you, Joey, I felt so out of place because everybody else was smarter, and I just I don't fit into that higher education realm.
12: Yeah, I tell you what, it's, it's tough, and you're right. You, even like the bookstore, like we, we're staying on here off M Street. And I'm used to a bookstore where you walk in and there's like kids books on the right cookbooks for like uh, a mile on the left, you know, and then you got fiction and I walked into a, a great old bookstore, right? Right downtown Georgetown here in Washington. And I swear, I swear guys, it's just like history, prehistory, history theory, um, government <laughs> so history, and, and here I am for the first time in my life, I'm actually looking for a fiction book, uh, lo- long story short, I need to work on my empathy. My wife told me I'm not a very empathetic person. And Okay, let me me back up. Let me me back up for a quick second. How much time do we have? We got got time, time, baby. We got time. Let me back up for a quick second. So the other day, a couple weeks ago, I had a buddy over, and we're having having dinner or whatever. And and he's like, I go, how you doing, buddy? He's like, I'm doing okay. I go, what's up? He goes, yeah, I had to put my dog down. I go, oh, shoot, no way. He's like, yeah, I've had him for 15 years. And, I, and my response was, oh, man, that's terrible. Do you want some pasta? <laughs> and, I, and I just kind of moved right on. You want some pasta? Wife, yeah, I'll make a pasta. Brooke, listen, there's nothing worse in this world than cold pasta. That's one thing my dad <laughs> has always told me. You don't ever want to eat pasta cold. So, here, hey, I had some pasta. I'm like, hey, eat some pasta. make you feel better. Um. So that night, my wife's like, hey, what the heck was that? I go, what? She goes, well, so-and-so, you know, I gave his name, he was telling you about his dog he just had to put down. He had him for 15 years, Joey. And I was like, yeah, I said I was sorry. He was like, yeah, I dog to the pasta. I was like, well, the pasta was getting cold. And Mm. she's like, but you need to have more empathy. I'm like, what are you talking about? So anyway, I've been doing some research on empathy, and apparently it's because I don't read any fiction books. So they say the most mm. empathetic people in the world read a lot of fiction. I've kind of dug into this a little bit more, and it kind of makes sense. So when you read fiction, you get really good at being creative and using your imagination mm-hmm. to put yourself in the character's like frame of mind. And if I do that more on a daily basis, I think, <laughs> my wife thinks I'll become more empathetic. So anyway, long story <laughs> short, I'm looking for a fiction book, and I'm in Washington, D.C., and I can't find anything but history books. Joey, let me just give you a a two-second
4: response (laughs) that'll help. And this is it's faux empathy, but it'll be perceived as empathy, okay? Dog dies 15 years to say, wow, 15 years. Good run.
8: (laughs) Good run. (laughs) For a dog (laughs) 15 years?
5: (laughs) Don't, sure don't, don't take that advice, <laughs> <laughs> Joey. <laughs> this was last year when he was holding on for dear life. Right yeah, there, man, right? don't, don't take that <laughs> advice. <laughs> Well,
6: Joey, I guess we need to talk about the blues, right? That was, that that was a that was quite the story. Yeah, it. Um, so obviously Jordan Bennington suspended for two games. Were you surprised by that? But also is Jordan Bennington a team player? Because this could benefit the blues in a lot of ways. You know, you get closer to, you know, a higher draft pick, you get some time for Thomas Grice and possibly Joel Hofer. So really is Bennington just looking out for the team even more?
12: Well, you know, I, th- I don't think he was looking out for the team when he got suspended. I mean, certainly, I think it'd be a good way to spin it. but what i what I will say is and I agree with you, Brooke, in the sense that i I do disagree in in a sense that two games is a little is a little much. I think this is a game that is uh, it is is hungry for players like this. I mean, yeah, did he step over the line a little bit, maybe you can't you can't have your blocker come across the my face, even though Hartman dove a little bit. But I think that the energy that he creates, I think the drama that en- encompasses his daily game, I think it's a positive thing for the game. And again, you can't take it over the line too much. I thought he'd be dinged with maybe um, a one-gamer or a five, But two games definitely seems a little excessive. I had a great conversation with him on the plane yesterday. I was early to the plane. He was one of the first ones on the plane. We were just talking and, and mostly small talking and kind of laughing. I, I, I said to him, I was like, man, the only thing I kept thinking that the linesman would let you fight was what a picture you could have for your children, your children's children. I mean, here you are fighting <laughs> the Hall of Famer. And he laughed and said, honestly, that, that would have been that would have been so great. And what's funny, he had talked to Marc-Andre Fleury, I think last year he was saying, and he was talking about everything, you know, hey, Flower, you know, he's done everything, you won cups, blah, 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 and he made a joke to Bennington. He goes, hey, the only thing in his French accent, the only thing I haven't done is fight. And, of course, Bennington kind of put that in the back of his head, and it was such a moment where they actually exchanged that conversation a year ago. Hmm. So that, to me, is what kind of prompted Marc-Andre Fleury. Hey, he, this guy knows that I've never fought. I want to fight. I think they matched up very well. I mean, if you look at these two these two goaltenders, although Marc-Andre Fleury's got them in years, both very similar physiques, You know, not not very thick, not overly tall. I thought it was a good scrap, but I do think, in some ways, it will benefit the Blues, Brooke, and some – Odd way, and I've been saying this to to our broadcast crew for a while. I keep saying, when are they gonna get Joel Ho for games? And I'm not a goalie, so I always defer to Darren Pang. And Darren Pang's you know point of view, and I totally understand this, is you don't want to bring up a young goaltender and let him, you know, be a part of this kind of defensive breakdown of hockey, which the blues have been pretty consistently over the last you know few months, if not the whole season, because what is that gonna do for the young man's confidence? Well, I kind of look at on the flip side, it's like, hey, you know what? If you at least let the young goaltender know what, what he's heading into, if he's okay with that, hey, you know, we're not playing great defensively. This is a team in rebuild, but we want to get your games. If he if he understands that and he's not going to be too hard on himself through the wins and losses and the ups and downs, I think games are games and you got to get Joel Holfors here some games. You got to see what he can do. We've had a little a little sample size of him. And certainly now with this call-up, I do believe we will see him at some point this weekend.
5: Joe, you talked about the Blues defensive breakdowns. Going into the offseason, what is the, the most needed thing to fix that?
12: We have the, the biggest thing, Kerry, that I think this Blues team uh, – well hold on, there's two things. One, one's a subtle thing. One is I think we need more personality. I think this, this has evolved to be a pretty quiet team. And it's not the players' fault. It's not necessarily the general manager's fault. This is just something that, that things kind of evolve and personalities emerge and go away. And I think that this team has kind of evolved to be a bit of a quieter team. You know, you don't have Perron. You don't have Bozak. There's no more Pat Maroon. There's no more Oscar Sundquist. I mean, plenty of players like that. Joel Edmondson's another perfect example. A lot of personalities that 2019 team had, they've lost it. So we need some personalities, number one. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing, I think that this team needs to get back to is learning how to defend. And I think it starts with individuals. I think you have to break down your top four individuals, whether it be Nick Letty, Torrey crew, Justin fall, but especially a Colton Pareco. I think Colton Pareco can be the most explosive defensive player in the league. And he hasn't shown it this year. And I think that uh, to, in his own right, it's still a transition for him. We've, we've moved on from the Petrangelo. Sometimes these things take two, three years Four years potentially, but I think that so much has been thrown at Colton, so much expectation, so much responsibility, you know, power play, offense. We want you to shoot more, we want you to pinch, we want you to join the rush. I think what they need to do is take Colton aside and say, hey, we want you just to defend, defend like a son of a gun. We don't care if you get one shot every 20 games. That's not what, what we want you to do. We have to get you back to the foundation of what makes you successful and what's helped make the team successful, and that is just be a son of a gun down low, a son of a gun in front of the net, a one-man breakout, and just defend. And I think from there, you move on to Falk, you move on to, you know, of course, Nick Letty and then and then Tory Krug. But really in establishing an individually the identity of those four players, getting back to defending. This, this whole game for defenders – is evolving more and more to be a Kale McCarr league where they want these defenders to jump up in the rush and and score 20 goals a year like Roman Yosti can do. But I think for the particular group of guys we have and the particular system under Craig Berube, the best thing and the most beneficial team for this team moving forward is to get those defensemen to just defend focus on the defensive zone, and then from there, I think you can start rebuilding in a great direction.
4: Joey, you use that term, the most expl- explosive defender in the league. Is there somebody that we should watch as fans that's a comp that right now is the most explosive defender in the league?
12: You know, Cale McCarr certainly sets sets the bar for me. I think Roman Yossi, um, without a doubt, is right there. I mean, Carlson, you're going to see Carlson tonight with the Washington Capitals. Uh, he, he definitely He definitely is up there. You know, I. It's funny when when you think of Kale McCarr too, and I think if for all defensemen out there, you know they they mimic their game so much after uh, Kale McCarr, and and he's a pretty particular player. And this is where I think scoring has really rose because the defenders are scoring better and they're not focusing as much necessarily on defending. Uh, but you look at the postseason as well, and you look at some of the best teams in the league. Um, I still think Victor Hedman is, is an explosive player. I still think Tampa Bay is a team to beat in the Eastern conference because especially of Victor Hedman and not only he found that balance of defending well, but being explosive offensively and he can score and run a power play. I mean, he's pretty much got all the tools. I think Colton Pareko to me at some point in his career can get close to what Victor Hedman is not saying he's going to reach that ceiling, but I do think he can defend just as well as Victor Hedman. He's got as good of a shot. And I think if he continues to evolve, I think we could see him climb up and, and equal the ranks there by Victor Hedman.
4: Have you ever been to the National Air and Space
12: Museum in Washington, D.C.? You know, that's one of the museums I don't think I've ever been to, Randy. I did the history last year. That was fantastic. That's cool. Up.
4: Yeah, Air and Space has the original spirit of St. Louis. They have the golf club that Alan Shepard used to to hit a golf ball on the moon. I'm, As you know, Joey, I, I'm not much of a, a museum guy, but I really did enjoy that one.
12: That's amazing. Yeah, we went to uh, Charles Lindbergh's gravesite. He actually was buried in Maui, of all places. Huh. He's on. He's, yeah, he's buried on a cliff in Maui. I remember I went there when I was in high school. It was a very, very quiet, um, quiet cliff, um, very unassuming. You, you would have dro- driven right past it, not like like you know. You go to Boston and you can see where Benjamin Franklin's because there's crowds of people. There's tombs everywhere. It's a big, it's a big spectacle, right? But Charles Lindbergh was just bu- buried on a cliff there. A very small tombstone, just all said Lindbergh. And, you know, obviously with his with crazy story, I mean, obviously when he when he crossed the ocean, uh, he comes back into stardom. I mean, he was like the Beatles. Right. And then, of course, you know, his son got kidnapped. I believe his son died in the kidnapping or the ransom. Right. Yeah. So then from there, he just lived a very secluded, a very secluded, quiet, kind of lonely life. And it was really, really sad when I learned more about his story. But it kind of it kind of paints a perfect picture when you look at where he's buried in a very secluded, quiet, peaceful place of how his life ended.
4: Hey, one other thing, and... Uh... As a non-Italian, I don't have any Italian blood in me at all, <laughs> I need to ask this question because on the instruction box for every piece of pasta that I ever have cooked, it says rinse the pasta after you boil it. How do you Gee. maintain...
12: <laughs> okay, so, so Joey, <laughs> ah, tell me... Okay. Is that German pasta? Who, who made that pasta? <laughs> it's
4: like a barilla or whatever they say. Oh, okay, So tell me what I'm doing. I, I'm obviously doing it wrong. So I keep pasta hot by not rinsing the pasta correct
12: okay so a couple things randy you know parents a lot of times will rinse the pasta when it's done with cold water to cool it down for their kids that's fine but what happens is there's so many great starch starches on your noodle when you when you dump it into the strainer now when you rinse it right that concentrated starch you're actually blowing that right off the noodle right and what's important is because that starch actually helps with the sticking of whatever sauce you're going to put on the noodle. So okay. instead of the starch helps to stick versus if you have water, mm. the sauce is more going to slide up and down. But, you know, cook pasta appropriately. You always want to cook it a minute less than the box recommends. Okay. And then you always want to finish it in the pan. And this is the biggest key with pasta. You always want to save a, a, a good, like, two to three cups of the actual pasta water. So then when you're mixing your noodles in the sauce, eventually, because the noodles are going to so- soak up that sauce and dry it up, That's where you add the pasta water. Okay, now why don't you add any kind of water? Because the pasta water is full of starch. That's where all the starch is at. So it's actually going to help thicken it into more of a cream sauce. So, again, I tell people it's simple. Cook a minute less than the box is directed, strain it, reserve about two, three cups of the water, and then you want to finish the last minute of the pasta in the sauce, in the pan, when then you add the cooking um, pasta water gradually, to get it really nice and thick, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where you're getting your pasta, Randy, but I would stop getting it
4: from that place. I, I've been screwing up pasta for sixty years, and it changes right now, JV. It Changes right now. right
12: now, buddy. Yeah, it's never too late to turn it around. That's what they always tell me.
4: All right, brother. Hey, we'll be tuned in tonight. Thanks. Have a great
12: day in DC, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, guys. I'm going to work on empathy. You work on cooking pasta. We're all going to be better humans today. (laughs) Yes, we will.
4: (laughs) The great Joe Vitale. See you later. With us on 101 ESPN. It's always fun to have Joey on the show. It is. Coming up next, do we have a fighter for the fight? We do have a fighter, and that means we have a fight. Coming your way here on The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101
3: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the...
2: Fight in the
3: red corner,
2: average Joe listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker.
5: Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Carrie Davis joined by Brooke Grimsley and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Ryan. Ryan, how you feeling? I'm Feeling good. You ready to take on Megamind? As ready as I'm gonna be. All right, here we go. The 15 over two upset has now happened three straight years and seven times in the last 11 tournaments, including twice on the same day in 2012. Missouri fell to Norfolk State, and then later that day, Duke fell to which 15 seed? Was it George Mason, Lehigh, or Weber State?
3: Uh, I believe that was Lehigh. Which
6: Major League Baseball team is credited with being the first team, or yeah, first team in Major League Baseball to add a player's name to the back of their jerseys? Is it the Seattle Mariners, Detroit Tigers, or Chicago White Sox?
10: Uh, I want to say that was the White Sox.
5: All right, Ryan Dion Sanders was drafted into the MLB twice, first in the sixth round by the Royals and then in the 30th round by which AL club? Is it the Boston Red Sox, the Minnesota Twins, or the New York Yankees?
1: The Yankees.
6: Missouri went 4,745 days between tournament victories, last winning in the first round of the 2010 tournament in an 86-78 upset victory over which ACC team? Is it Syracuse, Clemson, or Florida State?
12: Uh is that Syracuse? Syracuse.
7: All right, we'll double check the score and bring in Randy Carricker. How you feeling, Ryan?
8: Uh on the
1: uh, on the Fast Lane they get a, a clip of John Moselec saying, Not great.
12: <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, you know, it happens. It it's it's a little challenging at times playing this fight going against Megamind, but you can you just do the best you can do and hope for the best. Randy, say hello to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing.
4: We appreciate it. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Ryan. That's a uh, an old Irish name. <laughs> yeah, uh,
8: yeah and my, uh, I come from the Finley
5: family. So, uh, oh, Ryan Finley. <laughs> okay. Good. All right, <laughs> Randy. Former NFL quarterback. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> The the 15-over-2 upset has now happened three straight years and seven times in the last 11 tournaments, including twice on the same day in 2012. Missouri fell to Norfolk State, and then later that day, Duke fell to which 15 seed?
4: Duke was, see, Georgetown was Florida Gulf Coast. Who did, was it Duke and Richmond? I'll do the lifeline here.
5: George Mason, Lehigh, or Weber State?
4: Um, it was. I don't think it was Lehigh, and I don't think it was George Mason. I'm gonna go with Weber State in this one.
6: Which major league baseball team is credited with being the first team in the league to add players' names to the back of their jerseys?
4: Players' names to the back of their jerseys. Well, I think it's pretty
5: safe to say that it's not the Yankees, <laughs> maybe. You looking for an answer here, sir?
4: No, but the Yankees no. don't even do <laughs> names on the back of their jerseys now. Um, names on the back of their jerseys. I will go, and it's Major League team, right? Yes. yes. Major, Major League Major Baseball. League baseball. Major League, all of Major League Baseball.
6: Not the Major League Football <laughs> Club.
4: Yeah. No. Or the MLS <laughs> Soccer. Or right. NL or AL. A- 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 we, we didn't break it down here.
6: <laughs>
4: um, okay, so you've got... It's going to be an original 16. You've got Cards, Cubs, Reds, Braves, Doyers, Giants, um, or in the American, I, I think I'm going to go, I shouldn't go, no, I'm not going to go there, um... I think I'll go with the Doyers. What was your original thought? I just want to know. I was thinking Red Sox, but thats they're kind of like the Yankees. They have a lot of d- days where they don't have names on the back of their jerseys. The Giants don't do it much. I, I could see the
5: Reds, but I don't think they're forward-thinking enough. So I'm going to go with the Dodgers. All righty. Deion Sanders was drafted into the MLB twice. First in the sixth round by the Royals, and then in the 30th round by which AL club? Royals? Was he drafted by the Yankees and wanted to plan
4: for the Yankees? Um, Let me just go through this quickly. Uh, This would have been 1988-89. So we're looking Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles, Tigers, Indians. Or we're looking Angels, A's, Mariners. Um,
6: I think I'll go with the Yankees here. Missouri went 4,745 days between tournament victories, last winning in the first round of the 2010 tournament in an 86-78 upset victory over which ACC team?
4: 86. 86 over which ACC team? I get Mizzou confused so much with... Uh, All those wins they have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like Slu has played <laughs> ACC teams a lot. <laughs> I will go with the Clemson Tigers.
6: You know, because they've been in that situation so, so much.
5: many times. They won so many tournament games.
7: This is not necessary. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Today's fight,
7: Ryan, with an impressive showing. Was it enough to take down Randy Carricker? Are we going into the weekend sweating around, two on Monday? Or we all have a nice little happy St. Paddy's Day where we can all drown our sorrows? Ring that bell! The winner and new champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener apologize for blowing ear out there, Ryan. Congratulations on the win. I hope you can still hear. You beat Randy Character yeah. today, three to two in the Whoa! fight. Congratulations and Happy St. Patty's Day to you, sir. Are you do you do you have a little do you, do you have a little of the of the charm in you? Are you are you Irish at all, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I you yeah. got the luck of the Irish in you. Yeah, you got the luck of the Irish in him. Look at that, a three-two win over Randy. Look at that. Let's go through those answers. The 15-over-2 upset has now happened three straight years and seven times in the last 11 tournaments. In the prior 11 tournaments, it hadn't happened at all before Mizzou fell to Norfolk State and Duke fell later that day to Lehigh, led by C.J. McCollum. Mm. The MLB team that is credited with being the first pro team to add the players' names to the back of their jerseys is Bill Veck and the Chicago White Sox in the early 1960s to the hatred of a lot of people, apparently. Deion Sanders was drafted in the MLB twice, first in the sixth round by the Royals and then in the 30th round by the team he would debut for the New York Yankees, and Missouri went 4,000. 745 days between their victories against Utah State and the Clemson Tigers. So a 3-2 win for Ryan. We will talk to you on Monday, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining the fight, and have a great weekend.
4: All right, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great day. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, the St. Louis U. Women's Billikens are at Tennessee to play in the NCAA tournament tomorrow. We're going to talk to their coach, Rebecca Tillett, next on 101 ESPN. St. Louis University women's basketball team had a magical run through the A-10 tournament, and they'll play in the NCAA tournament tomorrow in Knoxville against Tennessee. The game can be seen locally at noon on ABC. And the first-year coach of the Billikens, Rebecca Tillett, joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Rebecca with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. This is Randy Carricker. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations. How are things going?
1: Hi, Randy. Thanks so much for having me. Things are going great. Uh, just really excited for the preparation for tomorrow.
6: Rebecca, I was there when you were announced last April that you were taking over the women's basketball program. And of course, everybody coming in talks about, you know, reevaluating and rebuilding the culture to your liking and getting players and people to buy in. How were you able to do that so quickly?
1: Wow, great question. You know, I think one thing we started with is that we say in our line of work, right, buy-in is not enough. Like, if you want to to change a culture quickly, buy-in is the baseline. You have to literally immerse yourself completely in the work, and that's what this group did.
6: And also, Brooke Flowers has been huge for you, too, in that as well, I'm sure.
1: Yes, Brooks, there's so many great stories about what she's done to, you know, cement the final year of her career here at SLU. wish she had a little more eligibility left, but this is the true end of her eligibility in college basketball. Um, But she early on communicated with our team that she stayed with the intent of winning a championship. And not only did she do that, she brought the team together step after step after step.
5: Coach, when you talk about the buy-in, obviously as coaches and the staff, you all have a plan put in place. But how important is it for the players, the veterans, the older players to kind of filter that throughout the entire locker room and making sure everyone understands what we need to do in order to make the tournament and to make a run in the tournament?
1: I think that's the critical element, especially of any team that myself and our staff are fortunate to lead. We're not leading them just as a staff. The players are leading. And those are the best teams always, player-led teams. And on this team, we have a leadership council. And those five women, Brooke, Julia, Kyla, Ken, and Camry, we even had a meeting on the bus last night on the way to get to my screen, a leadership council meeting. They're the ones that will lead us on this tournament experience as well.
4: Rebecca, you uh, have won six in a row, 11 of 12. Did something change at that point, w- 12 games ago, that caused the light to come on for your team?
1: You know, I think it was more of a steady, gradual improvement. But we've said all along, this group, if you don't have positive as your baseline, you cannot do what we just did. Because, you know, we didn't remember, but we're getting off the bus after the championship, and they're saying, remember when you were 6-16? and 16? And we're like, we actually don't remember that, thank you. <laughs> Because you can't stay in that place to do what this team was able to do.
6: Well, Rebecca, obviously a huge game. Tennessee, everybody knows the Lady Vols and how just big of a program they are. How are you preparing your women for this big battle?
1: Yeah, great question. Our non-conference had some other big opponents. I mean, no one quite as story, right? I mean, Baylor rivals them, but Tennessee's is the longest standing tradition for sure. You know, I think in some ways you have to take in that tradition, right? We're going to the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame while we're here. We went and took a picture with the Pat Summit statue. If you're a fan of the women's game, you have to be excited about this opportunity. And then at the same time, when you drill it down to coverages and how are we going to attack them, you have to prepare like you would for any other opponent.
6: Well, and what does it mean to you personally just to be able to play in Pat Summit's court, you know, that program that she built? I'm sure that she's someone that you looked up to in your coaching career.
1: Absolutely, especially because, you know, I, my dad told me early on, he's he's a coach as well, and he said, study, right? Study the game. And so I studied a lot, but there wasn't a ton written or, you know, video content to watch on women, on female coaches. And the most content out there was on Pat. So certainly she's the woman I studied the most throughout my career. So it's really exciting. It's actually my second time coaching here. I was an assistant at the Naval Academy. My first time, um, so at least I've done it once, like on that historic arena floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really looking forward to it.
5: Now, Coach, you are a senior-led team. You got a lot of veterans, but you had a freshman there, in Mia Castro and Mia's father and I went to the same high school. We went to college together, so I've been seeing about this young lady for a long time. Can you talk about what she has done in her freshman year that has been so impressive?
1: Oh, I love, love that you, you know, the Nakashas. you know, Mia <laughs> has this, you know, and we've learned it early on about her. Obviously we didn't recruit her, right? She was already signed with St. Louis before we got here. So we had to get in the, you know, meet her, kind of find out what makes her tick kind of thing. She has this quiet toughness that just runs through her. And she really shored up a ton of our rebounding when we were trying to kind of find our identity early in the season and felt like rebounding was really lacking for our team. She, as a freshman, just came in, would get them at the highest point with, a, with fearlessness about her. Um, she's been really steady and has started throughout the entire run. So, yeah, really, really excited that she's here and representing St. Louis so well.
4: The Billiken women's team playing on ABC at Tennessee tomorrow at noon. Rebecca Tillett, the Billikens' head coach, with us. Rebecca, I have to believe that the confidence of your team as you go through practice preparing for this game is as high as it's ever been. Is that observation correct because of what happened in the tournament?
1: It is. You know, I think any time a team's able to put together that consistency that we did um, over that long stretch of the season and when games matter the most, right? Your conference games matter the most. Your performance in the tournament matters the most. So yesterday's practice, you could see, just really locked in, excited to receive the game plan and and execute it. Um, And then the normal bit of nerves that come with every team, even the ones that have been to the tournament a bunch of times. You know, there were a bunch of upsets on the men's side yesterday, so... Every team in the country that's a high seed is going, but let that not be our
5: team. <laughs> now, Coach, I, I always want to ask coaches this about, you know, enjoying the moment for your team, obviously making it to the tournament, all the expectations. It, it's an opportunity to embrace just the moment of, of the NCAA tournament, but also understanding that it is a business trip and you are there to win games. How do you, you kind of bring that in and make sure the young ladies are focused on that?
1: Yeah, great point. It's so important. So one for us, joy is one of our core values. So it runs through everything we do. So we're trying to find joy in the moment, joy in the work, joy in the adversity. So I think that keeps us pretty centered on that, you know, point that you're making. Also, for me, the second time leading women, right, to the NCAA tournament, the first time such a whirlwind. So I'm hoping that, you know, our staff leadership will be even better this second time around and helping everybody soak in all the moments, um, because it really is. For some people, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Now, we certainly want to make deep runs in St. Louis for a long time, so we want it to be a every-year experience.
4: Rebecca, final thing, and SLU in the past, they've brought UConn into town and sold out for the women, but essentially you're trying to enhance a foundation of a program too. What's it been like on campus since you won the tournament, and I know you haven't had a ton of time to run around campus. and. Uh, What do you think this program could become?
1: I think, you know, there's a fan base here that could, you know, commit to this group and help us elevate. And you look around the country at other universities that have built that type of fan base. And it's one of the reasons we were drawn to come here to St. Louis because we're in a sports community that really supports their teams and cares deeply about them. And that's what we're trying to build. And we saw that during the run. We saw, Attendance elevate, and I think you know it'll be exciting to see our first game next year and how many people want to see what we look like at the beginning of the season. But we want to build it here.
4: Well, it's, we're looking forward to it. There's a watch party at Westport Social tomorrow for your noon game. Rebecca, best of luck. Thanks so much for taking the time with us. We do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you uh, after you finish this weekend as you move on in the tournament.
1: That'd be great, and thank you guys for your support, especially of women's sports.
4: You bet. Thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca Tillett, she is the women's basketball coach at Saint Louis University. Noon tomorrow on Channel 30 here in Saint Louis.
5: I, I'm good luck to them. I mean, I'm 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 in because, like I said, my former teammate has a daughter on the roster, and you know, I've been watching him post videos of his daughter for years and just seeing how she's a hooper and Mm so I'm excited to to see them you know continue to have success see her continue to have success uh, because I know how you know how that family is and by the way this is a fun team to watch too if you tune in tomorrow you will
4: see not only a really well drilled fundamental team but Rebecca's style is an engaging style to watch too
6: yeah I mean you have to be super excited for the way that she's been able to really take charge and turn around that program has been amazing. And I like what she said about bringing joy. I think Mm -hmm. we should all do that, right? Just take joy in every little thing.
5: Especially college sports. I think sometimes we get so much caught up in the business of it. Mm Enjoying the moment sometimes gets lost and, and we're so focused especially college coaches are so focused on the task at hand Because yeah. I got to do this right now. I got two years. I got three years or I won't be here Just enjoying the moment and being in the in the moment in the process of the moment is uh, is extremely important I'm experiencing joy right now. Yeah, you are with your green Ireland sweater on. Yeah, you're looking good <laughs> sir. Thank you it. <laughs> Brooke, Carrie Randy
4: Matthew coming up our big thing the rush hour reset What did you miss last night? That's next on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's
2: time to break down the biggest sports story of the day on the Opening Drive with
3: today's big thing. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf.
9: We got a lot of questions now. We wasn't you? supposed to be here. They said, they said we was losing today. No. So they got questions. Okay. They got questions. Let's go. Ask some more questions.
11: Took it away. Here comes Missouri. Over to Hodge, left sideline. Hodge with three in transition. is good. Duboy Hodge with 21, 67-56, Missouri. Roll up.
4: He's going to get double teamed. He kicks it out. Martini thought about a shot.
2: Baseline pass. Foul. In a straight jacket, oh, he didn't use the
8: preserve, he threw it away. Win, put this, go on! Thurman leads! for Virginia! Did we just see what we think we just
4: saw? I <laughs> drink Kevin Harlan yesterday on CBS at 7 or 905. 7 5 if you happen to be in the Pacific time zone. <laughs> if
5: it's 7 5 Randy, I got your uh, it's 9:05. too
4: early. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex. I know somebody's probably listening to the Pacific time zone. Uh, and uh, it is time now for our rush hour reset. We take a look at what we let off with on the show today. If you didn't get an opportunity to hear it, you know that Mizzou did knock off uh, Utah State in their opener 76-65. And here's Coach Dennis Gates. He said, hey, more questions. He's kind of upset, kind of has a chip on his shoulder. But he doesn't look like he has that roiling intensity when he's walking the sidelines. What's beneath that calm veneer?
9: So for me, I played the game a certain way. Um, And I was wired tight. And I played as hard as I can. I would never coach how I played. Um, But as a coach, what I've learned is the level of cerebral emotional intelligence that one has to have but also the impact that you have with young people who do nothing but illustrate their life through what they see on Instagram, Twitter, everything else. So I want to exude something in sight, in plain sight when they first take a glance and they're always watching. I want them to see a calming force about me. I want them to see a confident, not arrogance. I want them to see humility. I want them to see uh, grace. I want them to see forgiveness. I want them to see our eight core values of friendship, love, accountability, trust, discipline, unselfishness, enthusiasm, and toughness. I want them to see that. Um, but I also want my words to reflect it. You never know what can crush a young young player's dreams or their aspirations. But you know one thing: there's nothing better than a player having confidence, and that's what I want to give them.
4: Dennis Gates and his Tigers will take on Princeton. By the way, eight pillars is too
5: many. Eight is a lot. And and he, but but in his defense. To his credit, he says it and spews it out every single time without any issues. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, I was thinking about it as I'm listening to it because he said it multiple times. Yeah. We've heard him say it. Those players probably start reciting that in their sleep. Like you, you, you hear it so much mm-hmm. that you're just walking around, just, just repeating it because. And that's as a coach, that's really what you want. You want them to be thinking about that at all times.
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, like it, it's probably so easy for them to just rattle off. I am so impressed with Dennis Gates and what he's been able to do with this program in his first year, and I feel like that's really underrated. I mean, I know that USA Today named him SEC Coach of the Year, but other than that, not really many national accolades coming in for him or anything like that as well, With a whole new
4: team, Brooke, right? Yeah. Yeah,
6: a whole new team, but but Keeping Kobe Brown around oh, it and big. having him buy in, buy in, you see how much that pays off. You saw it this season, but then you also see it in that game last night. He had 19 points. You were able to see Kobe Brown's overall just versatility and how much that benefits Mizzou. The,
5: oh, I was going to say, I like the fact that he talked about not really um... – stressing the guys out the mentality the, the, the mental aspect of sports mm-hmm. is the most important thing Like you can be one of the best athletes in the world but if your confidence is shot if you are afraid to, to make a mistake or not take that shot when the, when the opportunity is presented You're going to be overanalyzing the entire game, and I think that's one of the things that he's allowed his team to do. You know, shoot the ball. You're open, Mm -hmm. shoot it. Pass it, shoot it. I'm not going to get upset even if it's not being knocked down. Just play the game the right way, and I think that this, this Mizzou team has had confidence because of that.
4: So tomorrow we have the immovable force against the irresistible object. Last night, yesterday, Princeton eliminated the Arizona Wildcats. The final score was 59-55. to 55. Princeton maintaining that great defensive posture that they've maintained for many, many years, even under legendary Pete Carrill. Their head coach now is Mitch Henderson, and he said Carrill would have been proud of this one.
9: I remember when that, that win happened, he had lost a lot of first-round games, and these games are very difficult to win. He'd just be very proud of the group he wouldn't want. Uh, any attention to be brought anywhere else other than what these guys did and they played to win we knew we had to keep the game low possessions um you know they, they, they had um eight fast break points mostly off of our turnovers but that's really good i mean it just it's it's t- coach lloyd he's such an unbelievably well coached team um and I, I think we just knocked off a, a terrific basketball team and i'm just so again i'm just really proud of our guys
4: Mizzou and Princeton tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Let's see if the Tigers can advance. Meanwhile, Coach Gates talked about the stress that could crush a young man's dreams. And, well, the, the, the Mizzou's dreams weren't crushed yesterday, but... Ah... <laughs> uh. Davis and his fighting line-eye. <laughs>
6: You know. We're
5: shedding a tear tea right now. <laughs> what did, for you. What did so Belichick sad. say? We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to 23 <laughs> hey, 24. You think we're going to not take. dwell long. in this sorrow? <laughs> we're not going to. We're, we're, we're on to twenty-three, twenty-four. 24. I'm not yeah. worried about that. It was
4: Arkansas 73, Illinois 63. They lost by 10. You know,
5: things happen. Rock, down, by, down by 10 at the half hey you tied him in the second half oh yeah that, if we only had to play the second half Randy we would, uh, <laughs> we're going to overtime <laughs> there you go hey <laughs> yeah, you know we've uh, we'll be back next year you know okay we'll see you all in, de, in mid to we late know, December see you at Enterprise Center right Yeah. yeah. see y'all then bragging rights we'll, we'll see who's bragging then okay. feeling, feeling good about that good oh yeah right now because we're already, see, here's the problem. We are already working on next season while you all are still playing. So <laughs> we're getting yeah. prepared. What we got a us? head start, you know?
4: Yeah, and Arkansas moves on. I see what you did there. Exactly. Arkansas moves on to play KU tomorrow. That game is at 4.15 on CBS. And it'll be a huge weekend in St. Louis because not only do we have the Blues tonight taking on the Capitals in Washington, 5 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN, St. Louis City SC playing tomorrow night, 7.30 at City Park, the Battlehawks playing at 6 o'clock over at the Dome at America Center, and Mizzou's game is at 5 o'clock tomorrow. So it's going to be a wild weekend and a great weekend of sports here in St. Louis. Sunday,
7: Sunday was all like Sunday was so much fun. Like Saturday into Sunday was so much fun. This past weekend, it's crazy that we're going to get this great of a Saturday in front of us too. It's, it's just
4: it's incredible. Going to be tremendous. So, Carrie's uh, maybe that game didn't spark joy, but you're capable of smiling. I'm glad to see that. I, I love I, joy. Well, here's the thing. Oh. I, I love the fact that because we're kind of the same way. You just look into the future. Right. I mean, don't look back. Something <laughs> might be gaining
5: on Randy, you. So, we can't worry so. about what happened yesterday. Yeah, saying, <laughs> today is a brand. Look, Randy. Look outside. The sun, what, is, the, is, sun, the sun is out. I mean, yeah. yeah. well, we got a start. start. <laughs> look at <laughs> what <where laughs> these guys are lagging. They <laughs> are behind. <laughs> By <laughs> December, <laughs> we're going to have so many practices and reps in. They're not even going to have a chance. <laughs> hey, Randy, what are we <laughs> talking about, Randy? Huh? Why should you never look behind you? Something's gaining on
4: you. Satchel page. Yeah, never look back might be gaining on you keep going oh,
6: just finding joy you see and they get to enjoy this nice yeah. sunshine you know illinois not that far away
5: that's true. It's right there. The sun oh. is probably out in Champagne. I mean, we generally get the same weather. Yeah, it's not a, you know, <laughs> overcast. Uh, we, uh, we're good. They
6: Enjoy the city. SC yep. Game too this weekend. There and you Battle go. They there are so to. many
5: things for the Illini wow. to do that if they were still in the tournament, I mean, they got classes they got to get back yeah. to. Well, yeah, you know really know how really much, uh, Illinois. Uh, well, you know, hey, <laughs> we go to class at Illinois, <laughs> sir. Uh, you know, I don't, I not know what you Missouri. <laughs> no, do. Uh, those are
4: those nerds from the north still in
5: the yeah, they're still in. Okay. Yeah, you probably got one more game. So in. that's today's
4: big thing, our Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Coming up, a lot of NFL news and notes st- stuff is still happening. As a matter of fact, if you would watch ESPN, you would think that Aaron Rodgers has already been traded, but uh, he hasn't. But we, we've still got stuff going on around the NFL, including quite a notable thing for a St. Louis. that's next on 101 ESPN.
3: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Take a look at some of the news and notes from around the National Football League, and a salary cap casualty in Dallas is one, and one of our favorites, Ezekiel Elliott, former Mm -hmm. Burroughs star, went to Ohio State, and had his job stolen by Tony Pollard, and now he is out on the open market. I'll be interested to see where he lands, because I think there's, he's not the running back that he was five years ago when he led the league in rushing, but He is still a serviceable back and could help a winning team if he's in the right situation.
5: Yeah, it's unfortunate because, you know, when you are in a two-back system as he was in Dallas with Tony Pollard, you know, having someone essentially steal your carries is uh, is kind of a recipe for for termination in terms of of keeping your job. And so that's that's essentially what happened. The the Dallas Cowboys decided to franchise tag Tony Pollard and decided to cut ties with Zeke. I do think there will be an opportunity uh, for him somewhere. You know, it won't be at the same price that he was getting paid in Dallas, but an opportunity, maybe a one-year deal to to prove it, show that he still has the the potential to be the elite back that he once was. Um, And so you may be looking at a couple of places. Maybe Philadelphia, who just had Miles Sanders leave, could be a potential landing spot for him. It's usually in the division. I don't know if Washington is a team. New York is obviously not a team either. But the division knows you best because they play you twice Mm -hmm. a year for multiple years, so they've seen you more than anyone. Um, And like I said, Philadelphia having lost uh, Miles Sanders, that that may be a place for them to... uh, to, to, losing them to Carolina may be a place for him to land.
4: And how about his former offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, being in with the Chargers now,
5: yeah, that's another place because Ezekiel, oh, Ezekiel, <laughs> Austin Eckler is looking for a trade as well. So you know they have been looking for a in between the tackles type of runner for years because Austin Eckler is more of a pass catcher outside of the box type of runner. So that could be a landing spot as well. Like I said, it won't be he won't be paid as much as he was getting in Dallas because running backs the shelf life is not very long. But uh, maybe an opportunity there. There
4: are some players that are still out on the market. And here we are. It's only Friday, and players were officially allowed to sign on Wednesday. But I'm mildly surprised by some of the guys that are still out there. Uh, Bobby Wagner had a great year last year for the Rams, and he's out there as a free agent. I would be surprised if he didn't land. Maybe he's still looking for big money. I don't know. But he seems like if I'm a winning team... If I'm Buffalo and I just lost Edmonds, mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner is a guy I'm looking at.
5: Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I thought Bobby Wagner was much older. He's only 33. Yeah, he feels 38 ish for mm-hmm. some reason, and that's maybe because he's played uh, for so long and had so much success in in Seattle and then in L.A. last year. Uh, another name out there is Odell Beckham Jr., yep. a guy that is um, you know returning from from ACL surgery, missed all of last season, but in his last game he played in prior to getting hurt was probably on his way to being the NFL, the uh, MVP of the uh, Super Bowl. So he's a guy that has a lot of talent, has shown plenty of talent throughout his career, and maybe you're looking at an Odell Beckham Jr. signing somewhere uh, pretty soon.
4: And this is not a great draft for offensive tackles. So Orlando Brown got his big money from uh, Cincinnati. That that could be a game changer, by the way, for the the Bengals, right? Because
5: their issue over the last couple of years has been – the offensive line and protecting Joe Burrow. Yeah, him signing with uh, the Cincinnati Bengals was a big deal for them. Uh, You know, it was kind of a lot of talk about him not being a true left tackle, him maybe being looked at as a right tackle. But obviously the Cincinnati Bengals saw something in him. The Chiefs didn't want to resign him. It's a guy who's been to the Pro Bowl four straight years. And obviously – the Pro Bowl isn't what it was, but when you're nominated for the Pro Bowl, that still means something. Uh, and so he's done a done a very good job of of just doing his job consistently year after year after year. This is this is his third team, mm-hmm. and so now yeah. you're saying, well, he got his contract. Hopefully he can settle down in, in Cincinnati and protect Joe Burrow and keep him clean because that was really one of the main issues that they had, you know, that they have had over the last couple of years. And Jawan Taylor signs to replace him in Kansas City. He'll be
4: their new left tackle. We, we mentioned Mike McGlinchey to Denver also, and he's He's right there with Lane Johnson when he's healthy as the best right tackle in the game. So I think that's a huge loss for San Francisco mm-hmm. and a huge gain for the Broncos.
5: Yeah, what Denver did with gaining McClinchy and, and Ben Powers from Baltimore was uh, much needed. Now uh, Russell Wilson, he, he had a lot of struggles last year, and I think if you are Sean Payton, Sean Payton, you're looking at a way to really keep him protected in the pocket. You're probably showing him a lot of Drew Brees film. Russell Wilson's success over his career has come from extending plays and being able to get out of pocket and, and you know have the ball for eight, nine, ten seconds and finding receivers downfield. I think Sean Payton is gonna show him how to get the ball out quickly, find receivers open, have the protection in front of him, and that will lead to the success that he needs um, you know, for the remainder of his career. By the way, Brooks Tennessee Titans had Taylor Luan
4: retire and he's basically been retired for a couple of years oh, and and Randy. They, well he, nobody yeah. told him but he kind of has been but uh Andre Dillard a disappointment for as a first round draft choice for the Eagles winds up as the Titans left tackle
6: I'm just trying to figure out what the Titans are doing right now too because I also woke up to the news that they're possibly looking at moving Kevin Byard who's you know a big safety for him and I'm telling you Kevin Byard and Derrick Henry are kind of like the untouchable Untouchable guys by the <laughs> fan base because of what they've done, but they now, but, right now
8: you're year,
4: right? yeah, and, but now you last year, but now you hear
6: Derek Henry possibly getting moved, and then Kevin Byard, and it's like, what's going on here? I don't know. It, to me, it's it hurts because I went to college with Kevin Byard. I covered him. He was like one of the first athletes in college football that I was able to cover, mm-hmm. and it hurts my soul because they call him the mayor of Murfreesboro, which is where mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee is, and he's been kind of the mayor of Nashville too.
4: Yeah, that's a shame, and it happens when you get a new GM, right? It's not his guys, and, yeah. and that team was getting older, and they they probably, somewhere along the line, if you fire your GM, you probably think, okay, we've maxed out with this group of players. We need
5: to get new players. I mean, if you have Derrick Henry as your, your main offensive weapon, I love Derrick Henry, but you're not going to be able to run the ball 35 times a game and not have anybody outside to throw passes to or a quarterback that can complete those passes. So you're, you're looking at ways to bring the cap number down, get some money back in your pocket so you can go out there, draft the guys you need to draft, sign some free agents that can help build this roster back up.
4: You know what I would do if I was an NFL team? I would sign flawed thirty-year-old pass rushers. Leonard Floyd is out there. Frank Clark is mm. out there. There's a couple of other guys that have rushed the passer in the past. It seems like pass rushers, for whatever reason, have the ability to maintain that ability to rush the passer beyond the age of thirty.
5: Well, I told you what the uh, the 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 great uh, I'm dropping his name Freeman. Yeah, is that his name? What's his name from from the Colts. Dwight Freeney. Dwight, Dwight Freeney. Freeney. Yeah. Why am I for dry? Every play is a pass, yeah. unless it's a run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that that's pass rushers mentality. Every play is a pass unless it's a run, and so you got guys that if they are pass rushers, then that's how they make their money. They're going to go get after the quarterback. They that's what they want to do. And if you have a guy that has been doing it in the league and had success, an older guy, you you can tend, you can usually uh, still get some some good reps out of them, especially third down passing situations, uh, second down passing situations, you know that their ultimate goal is to get to the quarterback.
7: A great example of that is uh, Yannick Ngakwe. He's played mm-hmm. for five teams in the last four years, and he has 30, 35 and a half sacks. So that's a guy who's a journeyman, but the stats aren't journeyman-like, so if you can pick him up, pair him with a guy like like one of those other guys, you can get a nice little pass rush boost without having to you know take a risk in the draft or something like that. Or, or pay a lot of money, like if you, like the, the 49ers are doing with Javon Hargrave, which is still a weird move to me.
6: Somebody said Zeke to the Titans?
5: Well, I mean, uh, eh, I don't know. I don't know where he ends up I at. It might be closer yeah. to training camp, you know. Maybe, maybe later on in the in the summer when he signs. But I, I just get the sense that Tennessee's starting over. Yeah.
8: Yes. I, but <laughs> right? you don't, yes. you're not going to
5: pay him. I don't. I don't know what he's going. I don't know what the the average salary is for running backs right now. But I see a lot of guys getting two fourteen million dollar. You know, two years fourteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. Some in that range. I, you know, I think. Zeke is still a, a very good starting running back, if given the opportunity. He, he didn't have many injuries. He put the ball on the ground a little bit. That frustrated Dallas Cowboys and their fans. But uh, overall, he's still a very outstanding running back.
7: And if you're the Titans and you want to move on to a, a new quarterback, still having a stable running back without the, the contract of Derrick Henry would be something that would be kind of nice. So you, yeah. you, you you ship off Derrick Henry, you bring in Zeke on a cheaper, shorter-term deal, and now you can still
5: <laughs> run the ball you know, 300 times a a season so, without so, having to put it in the quarterback's hands. So, are you saying uh, Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry are gone, and now you got Malik Willis and Zeke in the backfield? I'm just saying it's 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 one way to protect a young quarterback if you're trying to mm. make that switch. I don't, I don't could, know if Malik's the guy, yeah. but I'm just saying
4: it helps. I could see Pete Carroll being a guy that would really like Zeke. Ooh yeah. Hmm.
5: That wouldn't that that might actually work out pretty well. Their their style and how they run the ball and how they play the game. You got Geno Smith over there, hundred million dollar quarterback who just yeah. thought that ten years ago. Right. Uh, just trying to think of other teams that, I don't, I
4: don't think, that because the Jets are going to have Hall back, I don't think so. Ravens, although their guys get hurt all the time, but I don't know if that's a fit. I really think that the Chargers are a good fit for him. Let's, if I Zeke, if I were you, I would go to... The Chargers, if they're interested. Those are NFL news and notes on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, we've got a little edition of Rock and Roll. Our buddy Dan McLaughlin is going to fill in for Tim McKernan today. So, looking forward to that. Danny will join us in our 9:45 segment. But Rock and Roll is next on 101 ESPN. You're
3: back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
2: Let's rock! Let's rock today.
3: Happy wearing
4: of the green. Happy St. Paddy's Day. Sorry, can I get that one more time? Happy <laughs> wearing of the green. Oh, okay. I didn't know what yeah. is that. Yeah. I generally <laughs> thought you were spe- you, you said that in Gaelic, like the way you, I legitimately <laughs> thought you had spoken in another language. No. Happy wearing of the green. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's Irish, right? That's an Irish brogue, <laughs> as they call it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, an, it's, an Irish brogue. It's St. Paddy's Day I know that? What is What is an Irish brogue? That's a dialect. Oh.
6: Oh, okay. okay. Come on, Duh. Man. I thought you were talking. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were hey. talking about shoes for Guys, a second. Guys, I
4: skipped class all the time. How do I know
8: what a brogue is? And you don't. You went to You're, CBC for God's yeah, sake. We I just
7: think about that. that's what that's what you have on shoes is broguing. So I got I got nothing for you
4: about dialect. I got, I got the word dialect. Brogue okay. is an accent. Okay, just okay. go to the wow. Go to the interwebs. Brogue's okay? an accent. Come we're on. all learning stuff today. Okay, here we go. Merriam-Webster. You want the official? I do want the official. Um, okay, by the way, to your credit, Matthew, a brogue is a stout, coarse shoe worn formerly in Ireland. So that's uh, one definition. However, brogue is a dialect or regional pronunciation. Okay. So there you go. The so now you, you know you via radio.
5: There You learn something I new every I wonder day. what
7: the brogue around Kilharney oh. is. You there just you heard it. Okay. <laughs> There you go. Well, Randy, while we're talking about St. Paddy's Day, I wanted you to do me a favor, Randy. Yes, I need a Mount Rushmore of St. Louis Irish sports figures, but yes, but in an ode to one of my favorite people uh, at this station, Jamie Rivers. I want you to give me a Jamie Rivers Mount Rushmore,
5: which is also a top five list. Fast lane. Fast Lane? It's a Fast Lane. They 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 clearly don't know four or or five. Jamie Rivers, by the way,
7: was sitting in the back office and was telling me how they did a Mount Rushmore one time and they were trying to figure out who the fifth president was and they couldn't figure it out. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay.
5: (laughs) Him and Stalter? So, in both an an ode to Michelle
7: (laughs) Smallman and to the guys currently on the Fast Lane, I want a Mount Rushmore. You can give me five or four
4: dealer's choice. Okay. Oh. By the way, I give Jamie a little credit here because he's from Canada, north of the border. Yeah. Okay. But although it, North Dakota is probably South closer, Dakota's closer to Canada than, than we are. Than <laughs> <here>. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot, uh, under any circumstances, <laughs> provide any leniencies <laughs> to Anthony Stalter.
5: Uh, no, sir. Mm. <laughs> he allegedly went to college, right? He's a chip. He allegedly.
6: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So student that, an athlete yeah. 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 number
4: one with a bullet is jack buck the greatest irish person ever on the st louis sports scene all right number two also in the cardinal booth and a great athlete maybe the best athlete ever to come out of our town mike shannon okay people veteran veteran baseball people will tell you that mike shannon had the best throwing arm of anybody they ever saw he he would have won the heisman trophy he was a quarterback at mizzou and he would have won the heisman trophy had he stayed at mizzou to play football rather than come to the cardinals to play baseball he was that good jim hannafin easy number three. Okay. Hanny was our all-time favorite, best storyteller, a, re- a really good coach. I mean, he won 39 games with the Big Red. He was great. I am going to kind of go off the grid here. And by the way, I don't have uh, players yet except for Mike Shannon. We'll call this your Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with former Blues chairman Michael Shanahan, who was as Irish as it got and changed the fortunes of the St. Louis Blues. The Blues that you know today would not exist if it were not for Michael Shanahan. Hmm. By the way, the league that you know as you know it today would not exist if it were not for Michael Shanahan. He gave out the first big contract, Brett Hall, four years, $7 million after his big season in 80-80 uh, or 90 91. He also broke the dam on free agency in the National Hockey League by signing Scott Stevens to a big contract and the Blues had to give up five first round picks. Didn't really work out but... Uh, Michael Shanahan changed the course of the St. Louis Blues. My fifth, and we have a group of four in here, so we might need Mike, or a writer to come in and, and break a tie if, if we have a tie. But my fifth is Willie McGee.
6: <laughs> who? Oh, my God. Who Jim Cott, when, no. when, when they were teammates.
4: When they were teammates,
7: Jim Cott always Gee. said, How you doing, Irish?
5: I know McGee lends you MC, to believe that one may be Irish, however. I'm,
4: I'm okay with
5: it. However, there's one glaring distinction there. Okay. okay. He <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't really look Irish Okay. In, 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 uh, okay. Not every Irish person has red hair. Uh, oh yeah, that's what we were talking about.
6: <laughs> Not
8: every <laughs> Irish
5: person. Yeah,
6: that's that's the thing he's missing. Yeah,
5: You're right. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it passes. Okay. I'll give I it to mean, you, Randy. It's, the, it's the fifth uh, on the Mount Rush. The okay, fast so lane. So, so Randy, Rushmore. I guess my question
7: here then is: If the XFL BattleHawks win the championship, where does AJ McCarran rank on you going your rankings then? Because I, I mean, you, you got to put him in there, if right? He AJ leads them to
4: the championship. Can I put him ahead of Jack Buck? No. Can I put him ahead of Mike Shannon? No. Can I put him ahead of Jim Hannafin? No. Can I put him ahead of Mike Shanahan? No. Can I put him ahead of Brendan Shanahan? No. Can I put him ahead of Patrick Maroon? No. Or Jack Flaherty? Or Jack Flaherty. -er Flaherty. So, uh, I don't think, all due respect to AJ McCarron, that I am going to be be able to pull this off.
5: Yeah. Kind of. Your list seems pretty set in stone. Yeah, as it were. Yeah, same more like today. setting rock.
4: Okay, well, just either saying. Mount Rushmore, rock or. and roll. So- same. What was the uh, I vote yes on Willie McGee I vote yes? Uh, Brooke, what are you voting on, Willie?
6: Uh, if we're just basing off last name because it has the Mick at the beginning, uh, then I guess I'm, so. I'm, yes.
5: I'm a hard no on that one, okay? Okay, <laughs> with all due respect, well, this good. is Mount Rushmore, this is America, yeah. and they're majority rules. Oh, okay. yep. at least three fourths
4: majority rules. <laughs> yep. Uh, by the way, pretty stupid here. Ryan O'Reilly. Oh there gosh, go. no. that's got to be pretty high. How O'Reilly. did you forget that? I so okay, So again, I, I ex- loved the the late great Mike Shanahan. What about one of my all-time uh, favorite people? Dan I didn't expect the hockey McLaughlin. players to have this. Dan McLaughlin is uh, one of my all-time favorites. One he, of my all-time best friends. There you
5: go. He's 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 does he count?
4: For, yeah, he does. There
5: we go. He's on the. Oh, we just made a trade. They just
4: put Ryan O'Reilly in over Mike Shanahan. So I'm putting Danny Mac ahead of Willie McGee.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, I yeah. Gary <laughs> wants that. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> with all due respect, Randy. I don't think he's an Irishman. Uh, so we, Just me personally, Jim
7: Cotz, a hall yep. of famer. So, I think you
4: disagree with him on your own peril. <laughs> we we get a text. Hey, there is such thing as black Irish. Yes, yes. So, there is. Let's ask yeah.
5: Willie if that's his story.
6: If that's his story. <laughs> What about Mark McGuire?
4: I I considered Big Mac. I considered Dan Kelly and John Kelly. I mean, we've got so many great Irish sports people in the history Brad of the Brad Thompson,
6: he's Irish?
4: Uh, he's a ginger. He I is. would say <laughs> that he's right there, yeah.
6: Is he a ginger? No, he's not. Is oh, he really? Yeah, he is. Yeah.
4: Oh, okay. Time. Yeah. All right. So, uh... BT. Yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of. Now, one guy who doesn't make many people's list, who was like his own, he was from Ireland, for gosh sakes, Neil O'Donohue, the former Big Red Kicker. But he will not make a list because he just wasn't very good. No,
5: that stinks.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, so, anyway, I appreciate you asking for that list. I appreciate and, you giving it to us. And we'll have Big Mac on for opening day. But we won't tell him that he's not on our Mount Rushmore.
5: That's be our little secret.
4: Yeah. yeah, no one needs to know. No one's. Yeah. And who? Who yeah. knows?
8: Yeah.
4: Right. Uh, speaking of the great Dan McLaughlin, he's in for Timmy Mac- McKernan today. Tim McKernan, there another Irish guy. Oh wow. Yeah. wow, there's a lot, a lot
6: of Irish in there. Yeah, I'm putting
7: Tim Senior over over Junior. I'm just saying. Okay.
6: Wait, is that. that why Tim's not on today? Because he's Probably. out celebrating. No,
8: celebrating.
4: Man. Yeah. What
7: kind of Irishman spends St. Patty's Day in Florida?
4: It doesn't matter where A he curtain. is. He's, he's not going to remember anyway. It's St. Paddy's Day. Coming up, Danny Mac on 101 ESPN. You're
2: back to the
3: Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: It's always great to see my friend Dan McLaughlin, our friend Dan McLaughlin, who'll be filling in. If you have an Irish guy that is not in studio, then you have to replace him with another Irish guy. <laughs> there so you go. Tim McKernan is out and Dan McLaughlin is in. Good morning. How are you doing?
11: Well, I'm doing okay. I had some dental work at seven AM this morning and I was um I was in question, honestly, to come in. I had to get like a little thing done on my my tooth and they shot me up with the whatever the, the pain... Novocaine? Re- Novocaine? Yeah, the Novocaine and I felt like I had a 10 pound weight on the right side of my mouth. But other than that, I'm doing great. One time BT had... Happy St. Patty's Day. Uh, thank you. Happy St. Okay. Patty's Day. One time
4: BT had dental work done right before the fast lane and he sounded exactly like Lou Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> oh
11: man. I love St. Patty's Day. I am a true Irishman. Uh, my family loves it i was born on the 18th of march and my i I bet i get in by the way martin Kilcoin will be my guest in studio so we'll we'll have marty coming in another irishman and he his birthday is today too oh happy uh happy happy birthday birthday, happy birthday to you you too so uh my grandfather was all over my mom about making sure that she had me on the 17th she was like she's like I'm trying my best okay (laughs) I can't force this to happen so born on the 18th and uh, did not get the name Patrick but Daniel for a good Irishman that's Good. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works. Bad. What were you guys doing? You were doing some kind of list.
4: So we have an internal debate here in the uh, in the opening drive. It's yeah. A debate. W- <laughs> Willie McGee, Irishman or not?
11: <laughs> I, I think Carrie better answer that.
5: Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I personally, you know, McGee, I understand. But uh, so he's missing one thing, Randy. It's kind of an important thing. It'd be Irish, I would. Assume. That's why I'd rather have Kerry
11: answered He, he can go in depth on this a little be bit better than all of us. Yeah, well, uh, Danny, a of like you
5: know, uh, Danny, a
4: friend of yours uh, doesn't look like any Irishman I have seen. Danny, a friend of of yours and mine, Jim Cott, uh, calls, or at least when he was playing with him, called Willie Irish. Hey, sure. how are you doing, Irish?
11: Sure. Well, you got Mike Shannon. Did you get yeah. him? Yep. Okay. Mike and Jack both. Uh, let me think of some names here. Maybe uh, Mike Shanahan. Ryan. I put Mike Shanahan on the list originally. And yeah. And I had to remove him unfortunately. He didn't uh, put
6: Mark McGuire on there though.
11: I still don't have Mark McGuire in my top five. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Anything with a mick is but I mean, you, yeah. you're gonna so get
8: you're gonna
4: just, get it uh, chance. Got Jack, <laughs> you've got Mike, you've got Hanny, you've got O'Reilly. Those four are irreplaceable, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got Brendan Shanahan. Oh yeah. You've got uh Michael Shanahan, uh the owner uh, I bet the the
11: text line probably helped you out a little bit, right? Oh
4: uh, yeah, they they've got a lot of Irish people. They know
6: Dan um, Kelly. Yeah,
11: oh, Pat, for sure. The Pat Kellys. McBride. Yeah. Ooh, Pat McBride is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bake McBride. <laughs> Again, I'll defer to Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
5: yeah. It's, it's one thing. Yeah,
11: it's an important factor, though. Eh?
5: Yeah, <laughs> it is.
4: Uh, so, Marty Kilcoin is going to be joining you in studio. Uh, somebody, Marty, Martin reminded us a couple of months ago of something that I did and I don't remember I didn't remember, I do now, but we were doing a show on Channel 2 during Super Bowl 36 during the week. We were right in front of St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans, and there was a, a chirpy Bostonite. Uh, oh, yeah. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. And, and so during a commercial break, well Marty was still kind of, Marty's in the zone when he's doing a TV show, as you know, and he's not worried about ancillary things. Brooke, you've done enough TV, you've had enough people yelling behind you that, oh, yeah. that you, you can have the chirpers there. But apparently, I went, I uh, got up rel- relatively slowly, I think, strolled over to this Bostonite, tonight, grabbed him by the scruff of his neck, and told him to shut up and get the hell out of here. Did you really? I had no you idea. Did that?
11: that would no, also I, be I
5: known as
6: assault.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> it, it, unless, unless, Dan, you're in Texas, which we learned earlier this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, in
11: Texas, you same.
6: can have a fair fight with yeah. someone as long as you both agree to it. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Kind of like and the no uh, Wild Wild
11: West here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So. My question now is... You have some serious anger issues. Well, I did. That was a long time ago, Dan. Okay. okay.
4: It was 20 years ago now. <laughs> All right. Okay? So I'm, I'm, I am I'm. think I was 39 or something, so I did then. But here's my question. As Marty mentioned, he probably was going up to a Southie with uh, his brewski jersey on. Was I taking my life into my hands? Yes.
5: I, okay. Yeah. It's a, simply. Sometimes. Yes.
11: Yeah, you don't know the opponent. You don't know. I mean, if he's a master of the martial arts well, or what, whatever, they
5: don't. They also don't know Randy. Marty's. So well, that's true. <laughs> that going for him. Marty's description was that.
11: I, <laughs> and
4: I again, I was thirty nine. Marty's, but I'm wearing the right color. Marty's description was that I became
11: the Incredible Hulk. Was he appreciative that you did this for you? I don't know. Or did know. it for him.
4: I should ask him. You should ask him on the show today.
11: I may have to do that. Yeah. I I know we'll get into. Uh, well, with when I visit with Martin, it it just goes on weird tangents. So we start talking about MLS or battlehawks or whatever Mizzou, and then things get weird. So I don't know where it's going to go. Mar- I don't know. Martin's Fun.
6: like a comedian.
11: He's hilarious. Funny's He's the funniest guy in sports media in this town, yes. undoubtedly. quick witted.
5: Uh, is is Jordan Walker on the opening day roster?
11: I think he's got to be, and that's one of the things I want to talk about with Martin. I think if he's not, there'll be an uproar in the city. Yeah. Um, he's played, in the he's played
5: well enough to, to do so, right?
11: Absolutely. He's yeah. hitting over 400. I think his uh, OPS is uh, around seven or 800. I mean, he, he's done everything that you want him to do to push the envelope and say, I deserve to be on this team. The new CBA allows you to do that too. If you believe mm-hmm. in this player and he performs at a high level, then it's beneficial for both. It's beneficial yes. for the team and it's beneficial for the player in current times with uh, service issues that you might have, like Chris Bryant dealt with a few years ago. And
4: we go back to 01 when, and Mark has told us this story, Mark McGuire, when he, and Jim Edmonds chimed in too, but McGuire was up standing. He, he gave us a great visual. He says, I'm standing by, Tony. Uh, we're playing a spring training game, and uh, I said, you know, if you don't bring this guy north with us, it's going to be the stupidest mistake you ever made.
11: Hmm. That could be the case here.
4: Yeah, Mm -hmm. if you're players, if you're Arnado, if you're Goldie, if you're Wayno, and you're trying to win, you probably, I think you have to go to Ali and Mo and say, look, what are we doing here? If this guy isn't on the opening day roster, then
11: we're not doing the smartest thing. I I agree. Um, It complicates the roster a little bit with O'Neal... Uh, Newt Bar, you know you've you've got some guys, uh, Dylan Carlson that could be on the outside. I don't think O'Neill will be. I think Newt Bar is pushing the envelope a little bit too. But it it becomes really interesting now with Dylan Carlson, and you know, 2020 he was batting cleanup in the playoffs. Where where yep. is he now? And I, I think that's one of the big questions they have to answer.
4: And I think they have to take a uh, sorry, Brook, a page out of Tony's book because Tony always found enough at bats for four outfielders. You're going to have a total of 1,800 at-bats. But that was
11: without the DH.
4: So now you even have more.
11: You can. That's right. And that's my point. So, you know, one of these guys can DH, and all of a sudden you're you're finding spots for him to play. And I I think that's the way you approach it with these guys. And I I would keep all of them and figure out a way to maneuver at-bats. Somebody is going to get lesser at-bats than they expected, but if Jordan Walker's there, he's got to play. Period. I mean, you're 20 years old, you're, you're playing every day. Yeah. Hey, it's great to see you. Hey, great to be here and looking forward to the show. Thanks for having me. It'll be fun. Danny Mack in for Tim McKernan. Great job today by our producer-engineer, the one the only Matthew Rocchio.
6: Pleasure.
4: Have a good weekend. Brooke?
6: It's been a pleasure. That's
4: a, she just gave us she a gave royal wave. She <laughs> did.
6: Yeah. Wave. Yeah, you, feeling,
4: you feeling good now? The, the, yeah. all, all three of us together for a whole week.
5: Uh, well, it's been almost great. a whole week.
6: Yeah, almost a whole You did, yeah, you, you did you, have you, things to do on Monday.
5: Yeah. I forgot about that. This, <laughs> week is, this goes by so fast. It's flown yeah, by because we're having fun, Carrie, yes, right?
8: Yes, we are.
4: That's we're right. We yes. a great time. CD, have a great weekend. Mom, man. And we appreciate you tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us until Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right.
2: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com,
3: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.